Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Everybody, welcome to Godcast, the show of one of the hosts really likes baby metal. I'm your host Hydrowave99, and I'm joined here today with Flip Alpaca. How is how are you today? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just yawning a lot because it's you know I'm just a bit tired. Oh, I hear it doesn't have anything to do with the you know. Um, a certain something that you did. Yeah. Uh... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So I I actually gifted uh, Flip Alpaca here the Halo Infinite campaign. Yeah, and I can't wait to play it. <laughs> oh my god. I I so I I was I've so I've been playing the multiplayer. I got up to like level twenty four, I think, in the multiplayer, and I was like, you know, I really want to play the campaign. I want to get into Halo, but then, um, you know, then I was like, I don't have enough funds. It's literally December. I'm getting gifts for everyone. And then out of nowhere, I get gifts by this dude right here. Hydrowave, save the day. I, I, I can't wait to play it. All right. Um, I just hope it's not like Halo 5 where like you kind of have to know a little bit before, but Anyways, I'm gonna go on blind and play it, and uh, I think I'm just gonna I'm I might do a let's play of it on Mercury Alpaca, my other channel, but um, who knows? Yeah, um, and... I heard it's a lot like Far Cry, but um, it's not like super super like Far Cry. It's 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 open world, unlike the other Halos, which I guess are just linear and stuff yeah but uh um it's it's just an open world sort of thing where you take over stuff i guess or whatever like far cry but it's more or less just like halo as well i know it starts off linear which um i'm gonna have to you know go through some hoops i guess but it's like was it like two hours in the campaign then you yeah, so it's about like two-ish hours in the beginning. It's a, like one, two hours. It's linear, but then after that, it starts to really open up a lot, and the open world really op is gets there. All right, awesome. I can't wait to play it. Oh my god, I look. I get so giddy for no fucking reason. I'm just like I, I, I just like I can't wait to play it because like I, I love the multiplayer. Um. But I've never, I've never played a Halo game in my life. The best I've, the closest I've, well, I, closest I've gotten to playing a Halo game was I did play Halo 5's campaign, but only up to, like, the point where there's this, like, ruins that you go in, and then afterward, like, I, I didn't really play it that much. I only played the co-op with my brother, and then it was like, eh. But, uh, I, th the closest to, 
you know, ever experiencing the multiplayer itself, though, was, like, Halo 3 with Ford and stuff, which I believe I've already mentioned that before, but still, oh my god. I, I you know, it's, it's, it's amazing going from being somebody's, like, seeing this stuff to playing it, just like for me with Resident Evil 4 with my other brother. It's like, I don't know. I'm just happy that I get to play the campaign finally. Oh, of course. And yeah, um, it's funny enough how like the one series you never thought you'd be into is all of a sudden your game of the year, which is pretty nuts to say. Well, it's just because like, I, you know, I know Halo is a lot different from other like games, you know, uh, the, higher time to kill like it you have to like literally decimate uh energy shield and then you can finally you know actually put some bullets into people and stuff i don't know you know it's like versus call of duty where you pop out of cover you're gonna be dead you know or you gotta react like a you have to be you know chugging down energy drinks to twitch aim to the next guy it's like I don't know, but, uh, you know, some people think it's lower time lower time to kill. That's more skill because you have to twitch aim, but, I mean, it just rewards whoever, like, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird, but anyways, that has nothing to do with the campaign. I can't wait to play the campaign. I hope it's, like, a little bit like Far Cry, but not, like, you know, of course, like a complete, like, you know, I guess rip-off. Not, well, not really a rip-off at that point, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll see. I'll see. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, was there anything else t- much new that happened with you recently, or not really? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I already talked about the Pokemon cards and the phone, but uh, I mean, after that, uh. I don't know. Not really. Not not much. Not too much. Not that I can remember, other than I watched uh, Fortnite and stuff, which we'll get into later, I guess. Right? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So obviously, um, we have a lot of topics to talk about, and I'm sure a lot of you don't want to see this baby metal image here anymore. So I'll get that turned off. Oh my fuck. Okay, what? I just fucking remembered. You son of a fucking bitch. Oh my god. Okay, so last week, I. I <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so. Oh, what the <laughs> So last week, I. Uh, I told Hydro that, okay, so here's what was happening. So last week I told Hydro that one of these days he's going to hide an image on that TV in the background. It's not going to be his Xbox being on in the background or something being on that TV. It's going to be a fucking, like, Easter egg that I won't notice until later on when the video gets published. But he already fucking did. Uh, See, oh my god. <laughs> so, that happened? Um, I was expecting you to do that, like, episodes in when I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, three weeks from now. I'm like, oh, yeah, hmm, 
<laughs> What's in the background? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what else annoys you? The fact that this lunchbox existed, love. <laughs> Baby metal. Breath of the J-pop metal. Uh, new <laughs> short up, by the way. Um, yeah, on the channel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back to making shorts, which will hopefully everyone loves those. You know, it. I I I figure just highlighting the the basics of you know the basic like uh, you know the parts that are like would pull somebody in and like make people want to watch the series a lot more. You know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But genuinely, I, I, I don't know. I hope we get a, you know, a good audience, you know, from yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really appreciate, you know, having people listen to this, like, podcast and stuff, because it, it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something, because personally, I don't do anything with my own channels, and I don't know why. I hear uh, you. Anyways. I yeah, I know but you. Because of the Halo campaign, I'm gonna do something on my other channel. So yeah, I don't know, and I don't know what I'm doing. Yay! <laughs> Just like this episode. Exactly. Oh wait, last last episode. Never mind. We don't know what the fuck we're doing, but Halo Infinite. Oh shit! What the fuck did my avatar just do? Oh, anyways. I have no idea. But shall we get to the news? Yep. Let's get straight into it, and let's talk about the first chapter. Actually, not the first chapter. Uh, the third chapter of Fortnite. So, what's the article loads up? Because as many of you know, Fortnite chapter 2 ended. And now we get Fortnite chapter 3 with new mechanics and everything being added. Along with new skins and a changed up island. Oh yes, the world has been turned on its head once again. Through John Fortnite. Woo! Anyways, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, the island, I, I was there actually. Um, uh, I don't think I also, I think I mentioned it also, but I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, I saw the island flip over. I was, uh, downstairs, just like, I had it, and I was just standing there, um, waiting for the counter to count down, and people were joining. Um, and I was just watching, and then, like, this thing flew out of the pyramid, and, like, the cube exploded, there was, like, a blue cube, and, like, uh, you know, a few other things happened, and then, out of nowhere, Scuba Jonesy was about to be, uh, electrocuted without a wet sponge underneath his hat, and then, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson came to the rescue. Woo. Uh, anyways. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, yeah, um, that happened, and, uh, basically he blew up the island and it went and flipped over, and, uh, um, yeah, um, things. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but hey, season one flipped. Exactly. And... So for those of you who, yeah, so let's just go over this, and we could see here slide that... Slide right into it. 
yeah, slide right into it because, you know, we have new mechanics in Fortnite. And what we're going to talk about first is the main, you know, if you up back if you have the article on hand. Me, yep, I do. We could see a couple of the skins here. I mean, you could play a Spider-Man if you progress very far into the battle pass and among other things. Got a couple other skins here. Cool, cool. I mean, this is the perfect way to get Spider-Man on PC. This is all we wanted. Yeah, certainly. We we get to play Spider-Man, uh, the definitive edition, um, on uh, PC. Exactly. Woo! We don't even have to wait for Sony to uh, allow it on PlayStation, like Days Gone and stuff. And now we can play as a buff, muscular pinata llama. Exactly. So it's all even better. Yeah. Um, we can also be like uh, the guy from the Institute, I guess, or whoever this dude is that was uh, uh, The Rock. Yeah. So, yay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's keep scrolling down a little bit because there's some more things to show here. Like, for instance, Certainly. so we have a couple highlights here. Like, they mentioned how. One of their taglines here is breaking the ice, in which it's, they mentioned this is like a new island, so there's going to be new locations and all that other stuff, similar to what happened with Chapel 1, Chapel 2. And there's, I've, I did notice this on the map too, that the island was actually much more covered in ice, like half the island was winter. Oh yeah, no, I saw that and I was like, hmm, the island flipped over, maybe, uh, maybe Fortnite took place in Australia until now. I don't know. That would actually I'm, be kind of funny. Like, imagine if you were, like, you know, fucking Scuba Jonesy. Yeah. And you had to fight and, kangaroos instead of zombies. Yeah, and then you could swim all the way down and land back to the original island. I don't know. That would be funny, like, if imagine there's, like, a time paradox thing or, like, the Great Barrier Reef was just a time portal. You've created a time paradox. Yeah. Yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> um, and then they also meant, and now we get to go to the new, you know, mechanics of the game. You could see that now we could slide, you know, you could, yeah, slide around. You can, with grappling hooks, you can now swing onto like buildings and stuff like that. And yeah, and you can also use Spider-Man's web shooter. So I guess... Yeah, so... Oh, my God. Yeah, you you, uh, you can crawl uh, uh, faster now, apparently, and pick up stuff. Yeah. That's also... Th that'd be pretty useful if, like, y they just knocked you out as you... Like, you could buy some time, like, as they're... As they kill you, but but you pick you picked up the... So you picked up the, uh, le the epic weapon, or legendary weapon, whatever it's called, uh, the golden weapon, and you have to... Um, you can hold on to it, and they have to literally, like, actually, like, kill you in order to get the weapon. Now, they can't just grab it and then run off with it. Now they have to, like, you have to buy, you can buy time, even with how little time you have now. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And as they mentioned here, they got, we talked about earlier, you got, like, new, new outfits, such as Spider-Man, which... This allows us to play Spider-Man on PC, so, I mean, in a way, we could get our secret code to play as, you know, get 
all Miles Morales and Spider-Man and PlayStation on PC. That's what everybody wanted. We all know that one person friend of ours that wants it to happen. Oh yeah, certainly. And now we can we can now live the dream. Exactly. Um, by stealing Spider-Man's gloves, I guess. Exactly. Oh, and, and yeah. Oh, continue with by the way. And uh now we can earn XP in creative through uh, accolades. What was I going to say? Um which uh hmm interesting i mean I, it says creators can incorporate accolades in their maps which i don't i don't know if the creators in fortnite are like verified so if, if they, they can't just give you an in like instantly unlock like a, a a tier in the battle pass like i'm only concerned about that part but, yeah like yeah. i think one of the things this doesn't mention i believe this is the case now is that if you have the battle pass and this is beyond Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. This would technically mean this could technically mean that you can gain Battle Royale Battle Pass experience from Save the World, the mode that everyone forgets exists. Oh yeah, they they made it free now, but it like after, there's not not many people play that, even though the like it's free now. I think right. I'm not like, sure. Like I I could have sworn it was free now, and um. Truthfully, I don't. I didn't find much of fun in it when it was paid. Um, hopefully, it's better now. It. I mean, it's it's mostly just going around and doing X or Y objective and protecting the the van or something. Uh, there it was very difficult to to lose. Um, but uh, what is this? Start a camp with your squad. Oh yeah, and also, um, the environments in the new island are very diverse. There's literally winter right next to desert, um, among tropics and all that other stuff. Um, but start a camp with your squad. Um, a teammate can use your tent to assembler, assemble, uh, what's up, uh... So it looks like oh. it's like a safe spot. So you you can put a yeah. tent down. You have a little safe spot to heal your team up and everything. Oh, interesting. That's, interesting. That's why it seemed like the idea. It's like, or you can, I look for pristine landscape. You don't want to leave behind. You need a home base while exploring the island. They're on a tent to heal up or stash items to collect in future matches. So you can. So I guess there's certain matches that hey. I- so like, if there's certain items that you find the map that you think would be useful in the future. Wait, you can you can make like a new game plus by like storing items like like kind of like in uh, Super Mario Bros. Three almost. I guess so. Based off on just... oh my god, that's awesome! So so you don't have to worry about starting out with junk anymore. You don't have to be worried about st- being stuck with a gray pistol or an AR. Oh my god, that that's so great. But you just need to get the tent, though. So maybe you're still stuck with it. Never mind. But wow, I, I do love that. That that's actually kind of useful. I wonder if you can like it. Maybe they can make it like a uh, 
you can bring stuff from um, Save the World, because Save the World has a lot of weapons that are exclusive. Maybe you could bring back the old combat shotgun. You know, from... funny. Yeah, you know, funny enough. I think what that what, what this what will probably happen is that like if it's not in the tent, you're screwed. Yeah. So it's like you die, you lose the items, and then someone else can carry them. But I don't. I think what the tent is is that like it's like for like for chapter three, season one onward. It's uh, you can use these tents to like. Hey, I have this really cool area I want to set a tent in. And, like, obviously, they met another mechanic they also mentioned, too, that there's now going to be storms. What do you mean by storms? Like, weather storms. Oh. Like tornadoes and stuff like that on the map, too. So, not to deal with players killing each other and trying to build fortresses and everything like that, but there's also, like, tornadoes and stuff that can happen on the map, too. So, you have to be watchful for all that stuff, too. Interesting. Yeah, um, but about the tent thing, I wonder if it's a, do you know, do you know about the ender chest in Minecraft? Yeah. I wonder if it's going to work like that, where you can place it down and store something and then place it down later and then, uh, grab that thing after you, after you've died or something. I think that's how it's going to work. It's something like that. Cause okay. you can, it seems like you can relocate it. It does say here that you can you know, relocate the tent. And on top of it, too, like, this is also useful, too, because, like, if you have the tent and you place it down, your teammates can also come in and utilize the weapons that you have in your stash that you, that you think could be useful for them, so. Provided, I think you would have to allow it, but still. Anyways. Yeah. Let's scroll down a little bit, and obviously, it's, there's now a new bragging crown thing, but, again, it's just a minor cosmetic thing, but... Overall, looking at what they've done for this, you know, chapter two thing, I do think that this is a oh, chapter, chapter three. three. Yeah, I meant to say that. Wow, there's a lot oh. of weird things that are errors, but overall, though, like, I do think this is quite a bit of an interesting change for Fortnite. Like, I think having more mechanics is good to give it a little bit more depth. Quite definitely. And to see, like, all these changes, especially being, you know, the, like, more quality of life changes is always welcome. In terms of the Battle Royale, I mean to say. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah I think you... I, I think this will add a little bit more depth to, uh, what's... I, I kind of... I, I'd honestly kind of say it's a little stale, so I, I hope this kind of adds a lot more. I wonder what this, like weird like fish gumball thing it looks like kirby without any feet without any like boots <laughs> hard to really say but it it looks like a fortnite kirby anyway i don't know yeah anyways we have a, we have to we could let's just move on to our next topic here oh uh, yeah definitely which we gotta <laughs> talk about how Ubisoft is now exper they're experimenting with NFTs now. Oh, that thing. Oh, NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty much what's going to happen is that the company is now going to allow people to buy and sell unique digital items. So, in other words, there will be items that Ubisoft will distribute and 
they're going to allow you to like buy these items. And then if say like if Ubisoft cuts off, you know, stops being able to do it, you could then sell the thing for pretty ridiculous amounts of money. So the idea here, we're not on the Ubisoft Quartz page, but actually I could probably launch it on the side too. So I'm going to add that page in there too. But here's the idea. So, uh, we'll worry about that later. Anyways, so NFTs are unique, non-interchangeable units of data stored in a digital ledger, which can users can buy and sell. And Ubisoft Quartz is going to label this as the first platform for playable and energy-efficient NFTs in AAA games. Well, they're right about the fact that the first NFTs in AAA games. I don't know about energy efficient because you have to, I'm sure with all the servers that they have to run to and maintain the blockchain technology, everything like that, it's going to be draining quite a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about uh, energy efficient. What, what do they even mean? Good question. I, I have no idea. Um, the, It is being launched this week in beta with the PC version of Ghost Recon. So, it, so pretty much it kind of already launched at this point because this is a few, article's a few days old. And their currency digits, which are the collectibles in game vehicle equipment, digital equipment, and the digits will be released as part of limited editions, each made up of a fixed number of cosmetic items. Okay. And we're going to skip on this this part here because we're going to talk about that later. But anyways, they're saying that digits are a new way to experience cosmetic items combining the fun of playing with AAA quality assets and the thrill of owning NFTs that represent unique collectible pieces of Ubisoft game worlds. Well, I don't know if there's any thrill of owning NFTs other than just making a crap ton of money off of it. Yeah, by gullible people. I, I I truly don't understand NFTs that much because they they feel like you don't you don't own the image. You own a link to that image, basically, right? Or you uh, you own like a specific uh like version of that image. Yeah, it's like the latter. It's like, from what I understand, you own that specific share of that image. So it's kind of like buying a stock. Uh, so like mm. each each link up to that image is kind of like having your own stock. It's like, the way the NFTs seem to work is that they're useful for like images and GIFs and that sort of thing in which it's like legitimate ownership of an actual version, not like a copied version. Oh, okay. So, I, I, I see the sentiment, the uh, sentiment mentality of it. I guess like you own a, like a original copy. I guess in a sense, but unless the original copy, when you save it, it gets compressed like really badly. I don't. I don't see any reason to really own an NFT other than to trick gullible people into buying it off of you. 
Yeah. And it even mentions, and like, and Ubisoft even puts down their each digit or each piece of content that's going to be associated with this whole program is going to have its own serial number, which people can view in game and show like, ownership. Okay. The, the way I see this, personally, I feel like um, calling them NFTs is a bit of a, I, I feel like it's a bit of a, uh, uh, a keyword sort of thing. Um, it, it, it's not really an NFT. It's more like, well, it is the, the way I see this is that the way they're doing this NFT thing is that it will have a serial number for that specific item. So basically, um, think of it like Pokemon IDs, right? Like a trainer ID or something. Okay. So, Hey, Pokemon could, could introduce this, uh, they already kind of have, but wow. Okay. So it's pretty much like that, except your item is a weapon or an outfit piece or something. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing I find is very interesting, and I wonder if this is how they're gonna, if NFTs are tech, NFT technology is gonna be useful for another avenue. Get ready for this. Players will be able to sell these digits on third-party platforms outside the Ubisoft ecosystem. So translation, this could this technology out like in a potential future could be useful for a used digital game market. Wait, so this is like uh selling like uh Whoa, okay. That that's that's actually kind of scary. Like that like I I know um on eBay there's been a lot of like like back then you could uh purchase things like digital things like Pokemon and like items from like certain games and you'd pay that and then th they'd invite you to their game and then they trade it to you or they'd give it to you. Mm -hmm. Like this is like a, a more official version of it. It seems. Yeah. So, Jeez. so no, this is, this whole concept I just brought up was outside the article, but it was something that I thought about. Like as you see, the, read the article, it's like you kind of think about like this could potentially be useful for that sort of avenue. Like kind of how they use physical game market, there could be a potential digital game market, which really doesn't exist much, and that's part of the reason why a lot of people will sometimes prefer physical games because the idea of having a used, you know, like a cheaper way to get the same game. Granted, with the idea, and this could potentially, the, the pro of having something like this is this could allow the, you know, the survival of digital games. The downside is that it's it could potentially be locked behind this EFT, NFT system that could potentially, like, artificially, like, inflate the price. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I know you can, tr like, what, uh, the way I see this is, isn't it like Steam trading cards or Steam badges or something? Kind of like get free Steam credit through like the trading cards. <laughs> yep, come think about it. That 
does seem kind of similar to that, but I don't think it's exactly the same. Okay. Because unlike receiving credit, this is more like, hey, you can like trade and sell this unique content. Okay. Out Because it even mentions here, outside Ubisoft's ecosystem. So if you go to like an NFT-based web sell- selling website, you could technically sell this. Yeah. Content. Which, uh, kind of, man, I've seen a lot of companies do this, is that they, they, they're going really fast with how, with how they're introducing new concepts, like metaverse and NFTs, like, wow, like, it's interesting, but I don't know how to feel about this, selling a digital product that, honestly, only has value to a very limited amount of people. It's not like a uh, selling your uh, your uh, an, uh, MP3 album of uh, an album you created. Like it's like a digital thing. It has no tangible uh, feeling to it. It's a digital item, you know. Yeah. And you can't really use it other than look cool in a game. <laughs> Uh, one of one of my other uh, what I'm afraid of is you know you remember that whole Sony patent thing about pay to um, pay to kick people from tournaments and stuff. Um, is like I feel like monetizing all this stuff. I, I it's kind of scary to me. With um, I don't know. I I found it a bit scary. Um, the idea of like uh you know, people paying crypto, and now what if they try to use, like, uh, Ubisoft digits or something? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Right. How all this stuff would link up, you know? Exactly. Because it does say here, I think what could lead to a potential idea why Ubisoft wants to do is simple. Our long-term efforts lead us to believe... Well, I'll rephrase it again. Our long-term efforts led us to understand how blockchain's decentralized approach could generally make players stakeholders of our games in a way that is also sustainable for our industry, placing back into their hands the value they generate through the time they spend, the items they buy, or the content they create online. So, what this is pretty much saying here is Ubisoft wants to do it as a way of raising funds. And what we'll get to later is we've seen some stupid pieces of art raise stupid money for no apparent reason other than the fact that it's an NFT. And it's the new kid on the block sort of thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because as you can see here, and this is a what we talk about metaverse, Ubisoft Quartz is the first building block in our ambitious vision for developing a true metaverse. And it can't come to life without overcoming blockchain's early form limitations for gaming, including scalability and energy consumption. So, I mean, that's something. And, I mean, Ubisoft is partnering with Tezos, which I guess is a energy-efficient base that can be used for NFTs. But let's take a look at the website real quick here, just because. So you can see here, which by the way, 
alpaca you could check this out because if you scroll up to the first about the beginning of the article the second paragraph you'll see there's like a ubisoft quartz and like bold click on that it'll take you to the what ubisoft's official website for this program okay and you can just go around and take a look oh i see yeah it's this purple it's got like a m4 and like a some sort of helmet yeah i see so these oh, items God. will so look at this yep so the first three editions are free so actually i should probably claim this afterwards because technically you can claim so until oh wow 62 hours so technically if you claim all these because you get these for free you no, could, I'm currently not eligible because I didn't play Breakpoint. I don't think any of us are eligible, so we would have one of us would have to buy Breakpoint, claim all these items, and there you go. But anyways, yeah. So, anyway. so guys, look, I mean, this is probably gonna be out of date because I'm not gonna post this fast enough. But you have 62 hours to get this M41 Tactical Wolves. If you want to make money, go get this. Anyways, back to back to our regular scout schedule broadcasting. Oh yeah. So yeah, you can see what they're the way they're handling is enjoy the uniqueness of your digit. So as you can see there are limited editions, which we saw above. And they're all saying that every single digit features a serial number. The serial number is displayed on the collectible and on the in-game item. And that, oh yeah, obviously only we have the control of it. And here's the thing. Each digit will also be tied to the player names of all of its previous and current owners, bringing you fame for years to come. Translating, you can see who owns, who had owned this entire thing. And also, I think it's interesting too, is like I said, this is this technology could potentially be useful for the idea of being able to properly do a used game digital market if done right yeah that's a key word if done right because we know for a fact that a lot of people these game companies or whatever or individuals for that matter can be quite greedy sons of bitches we know it i know it the two people that actually watch our show know it It's all in good fun. Um, yeah, and not much else to say because it's all obvious stuff. And however, we're going to close out because we have another thing to talk about here. Um, this didn't go over very well, people. I've seen the headline no, here. 95% dislike on YouTube. But Hydra Wave, you ask. You can't see the dislikes. So how are you able to do it? It's rather simple. People have found out that there's plugins that can still display the dislike rate. Uh, yeah. And, um... I... I I don't know if they're going to do an API update to remove that eventually. But, uh... Well, you can, I guess. Well, you can. Yeah. So, guys, if you want 
see the dislikes of a video, just go ahead, find up one of the dislike plugins. I don't know of any because I, I don't use plugins very much on my web browsers. And go nuts. Oh, yeah. But anyways, so at the time that article was posted, it received over 105,000 views. And that viewers have clicked the like or dislike more than 16,000 times on the video. And with 16,270 engagements, 804 of them were likes, while 15,466 were dislikes. Jeez, that is such a low number. That is such a low like count. Mm -hmm. My god. <laughs> People are really not happy about this. No. And it's top of two, because of how many dislikes there are, it actually caused Ubisoft to delist the video. Oh. While the number of dislikes has surpassed 22,000. Think about that. So, so, um, wow. What, wow, they, they literally took it down. E even though, like, officially people can't see it, they're actually that shamed about it. Interesting. Yeah. I think we can find out real quick why people don't like NFTs. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pull up an article from a few months ago that I thought was kind of a humorous take on what NFTs are, I guess you could say. It's from a guy by the name of Mitchell Clark of The Verge. And it came out on August 18th. And you can see it. Naya Cat was actually being sold as an NFT. But let's scroll down a little bit and we can see how stupid in value these things are. Let's have a look at this. Someone paid $390,000 for a 50 second video by Grime or. There's someone that paid $6.6 .6 million for a video by Beeple. It just, it just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. So, uh... Gonna um, Dogecoin is an NFT, but this but this gif of a Dogecoin is. Yeah, so if we take a look around, uh, there's like other communities, and they also mentioned cat images and stuff. Oh, nice. So, uh, so apparently, this based off this article, it's that. Uh, there's a community of NFTs called Pudgy Penguins. It's not the only community built around them, but it can be argued that one of the earliest NFT products, CryptoPunks, has a community built around it. 
and there are other animal theme products like the Board Ape Yacht Club that have their own click. So there's like communities of people based off certain NFTs. I think sometimes I think part of the reason why NFTs are hated by a lot of people is because of the fact that one, they believe everything that like you know these outlets believe them, and they don't understand how the technology can work. But two, it makes certain artists do come off very greedy. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact that there was actually an NFT series, like, like animation that came out. It, it's called the Reddit Family. If I heard it was terrible. Mm -hmm. But it shows that more people are more focused on the NFT side of the transaction, the actual quality of the sh of what they're making. So therefore, when people see this NFT thing, they're going to think, oh God, this whole thing, people are going to be so fucking greedy with this shit. And they're not going to take advantage of what this should be. When in reality, this should be a technology that can be useful for the preservation of digital media. Yeah. The idea of being able to, you know, trade digital goods for reasonable prices or create a proper used market for digital me media. Like, you want to be able to sell your, say, album the above of iTunes to some person who wants to, you know, have that, those files? Yeah. It should be totally reasonable to think. Yeah, I want to sell my Apple iTunes album like I could with a CD. Like, do I want to sell this lunchbox? This lovely, beautiful lunchbox. I'm going to make a fucking NFT of that screenshot I showed you. <laughs> that NFT is going to be worth two cents. I, I'm literally gonna fucking do that right now. How do I make? How do I make it an NFT? <laughs> Watch you make enough money to be able to do whatever you want with that. Like if that sold for five hundred thousand dollars, I would laugh my ass off. I, I I'm go I have to give you half of the profits. I swear because fucking like. It's literally you doing that with the fucking lunch. Uh, um, fucking god. Uh, fucking see it in advertisements later on in life. Every New baby metal album lunchbox. Each person has a freaking, you know, serialized number on the, the images showing proof of authenticity that they're the ones that own this and no one else can. Screw around with their copy. God. Just make sure. That, yeah, just make sure if you do make this NFT that you enable the feature that can pay you a percentage every time the NFT is sold or changed hands. Oh, okay. So I also when, might have to. I might might have to give some uh, profits to like uh, Baby Metal. 
Wash is like the so, yeah. Wash of the Prophet sweat is like forty percent you, forty percent myself, and twenty percent to like the record label for baby metal. Yeah. That's funny. Like, here's a question for you. How much would an NFT cost with me holding this lovely little game here? I'll buy your entire stock. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, what would be just as funny, too, is we made a, if we made a plushie of your alpaca avatar. A lovely little plushie. I will sue you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, 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 no. Um, but, eh, hey, I could actually sell an NFT of this alpaca or my Discord profile picture or something. And you might be able to make $1,000 off of it for no reason because it's NFT. Or, or, or more. Exactly. <sighs> What a fun time to be alive. And as for electronic art, not electronic arts, wow, I keep thinking of that stupid finance project. But as for Ubisoft, this just feels like a greedier way for DLC. Like, it does come off as that. Yeah. Like, it really does come off to me that this is just, hey... We want more money for DLC. How can we do it? Oh, I know. Let's make it our over-content NFTs. You get the thing for free, but if you're going to trade it with somebody else, we have to collect money for it. Sucks to be you. So. Well, NFT implementation for Ubisoft kind of sucks. We have to talk about something that kind of got brought back up into the from the grave. What do we got? Oh yes. Oh yes, something we abandoned a little while ago. Um. Also, not really. All right, what do we got here? Yeah, so supposedly someone spotted that if one were to go onto their PS5 and put the PlayStation button, open up the news cart and scroll down, they'll find a secret, like a, a kind of hidden update about Bandit that reads, we are excited to announce that the prologue chapter releases quarter one, 2022. A specific date will be announced shortly. Stay tuned. What? Uh, okay. Yeah, so, and as we can see here, it says, yeah, we even noticed this, too. They were supposed to be, remember that whole experience thing they were going to do on the PlayStation 5 thing? Mm-hmm. And how it was only a teaser that was actually just posted on Twitter? Yeah, wasn't well, it just, like, some, some person walking across, it, like, uh, into a doorway in, like, a dimly lit room? <laughs> yep. And, and get, now. Oh, yeah, get this. On Blue Box's website? The playable prologue is going to be is mentioned and described as a standalone game with its own set of trophies on PS5. So supposedly, uh, this thing is going to be actually playable. Oh, like a p- certain playable teaser. Um, that never actually got playable, but yeah. 
supposedly, yeah. it's actually going to be a playable thing, which, based off what we've seen of the track record, I don't know if I could trust them with the quarter, 20, quarter 21, 2022 date. I don't know if I could trust it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not... I'm not putting any faith into this, but hey, who knows? Um, it, it might be like the Resident Evil demos. You know how the newer Resident Evils have like uh, uh, demos, but like uh, I, I remember Seven had a demo, and it was basically the uh, the uh, first part that you walk into when you get past the swamp area. Yeah, who uh, knows? But um. I hope it's not a time demo. Jesus, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I'm sure it would be terrible, yeah. But while, you know, Abandoned is, you know, just Abandoned and we have no idea that when it's truly going to come out, we do know the development cycle of one game and how it has some rough patches, and that's involving Halo Infinite. And yeah, if it yeah, if you take a look at... Yeah. Except not really. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. But if you take a look at the article that we have here... Yeah. You can see the main headline there. That... What we're, what Halo Infinite is now... Was only one-third of what it was originally going to be. Oh. Uh, I see. So the world beforehand was going to be a lot more open. Think like Breath of the Wild-style open. Yeah, like Red Dead 2 as well. Yeah. Open. It was going to be a super open world game. Like, what we have now is essentially a open world-ish format that just happens to have a bit more linearity and focus. Okay, I see. But don't get me wrong, there are play outposts and everything and you can do a lot of Far Cry-like stuff, but it's not as grand of a scale as it was originally going to be. So let's take a look at this. So, so if you go to do, if you look at the thing, it says a story from Bloomberg says that three four three began planning what will become Halo Infinite not long after Halo Five Guardians released in twenty fifteen, and that they considered different ideas before settling on a plan to make Halo into an open world game. But development proved difficult in part because 343 was using development suite known as Faber, which was old and challenging to use. Yeah. Um. Additionally, it this was seemingly a part of Halo Infinite's new split. Ah. This was seemingly a part of Halo Infinite's new slip space engine, which powers Halo Infinite. 343 boss Bonnie Ross said in an interview. That creating a new engine and overhauling existing development tools amounted to something similar to trying to fly the plane while we're building the plane. And additionally, but because of the fact there were development issues, it was mentioned that 343 actually considered switching to Unreal Engine at one point due to the complications in development. I feel like that would have that would have worked out a little bit better just cause like, um, the idea of, um, how it was described as trying to fly the plane while it's being built. Yeah. Like 
it's very backwards. It's it's like not having uh, a plan before the plan is being executed, and you know, going as it, it going along with it as it goes. In in the sense that, think of using a tool, but that tool is half of what it should be. And as you use it, overnight, like little like gremlins, like make it better, <laughs> or something. Yeah. Additionally, if we take a look down the article here, it mentioned that. Let's take a look here again. That another issue that they had with that Infinite's development team was made up by contract workers who apparently comprised about half the total development staff. They could only stay on for 18 months due to Microsoft's policy. This in turn apparently led to turnover and other issues. And one developer told Bloomberg that Halo Infinite's development felt like four to five games being developed simultaneously. And in summer 2019, this came to a head, and 343 actually elected to cut out nearly two-thirds of what was planned for Halo Infinite, and that the game's open world was cut back from a vast Zelda-like experience to something far smaller. Additionally, bosses are said to have told employees that Halo Infinite needed to be a launch title for the Series X that's in November 2020. But those plans shifted after the 2020 campaign demo failed to impress fans and spawned the infamous Craig meme. Yeah. And here's another funny part. According to Schreier, Microsoft considered releasing Halo Infinite's multiplayer in 2019 with the campaign ta on tap for 2020 before electing to push both products to 2021. But yeah, based on all this, we can see here that yeah, this section is quite some surprising changes here. Yeah, I. It's a little, little startling to me that, um, I like, two thirds of the campaign was either cut or, uh, modified. Personally, I I haven't played it yet, which, thanks to a certain someone. I'm going to, um, <laughs> but, uh, in, anyways, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Hey, if, if I'm not missing out on it, if it was never, if it never happened, I'm not missing out on it. Yeah. However, though, it's good to imagine about a world where, um, either they used a much easier engine or went ahead and uh, gave Infinite like a 2022, gave it another year. Because I know that originally with Halo Infinite, they were going to release it with the Xbox uh, Series X. Um, and they literally had to delay it to another year because they, they just couldn't, uh, it just wasn't ready and they didn't want to release a broken mess for the release date, you know? which I'm, I'm actually happy though because hey what we got even though it's very minimalistic i feel mm. it's it's still a thing you know it's still a thing and i can't wait to try out the campaign and see what was um see what did eventually become
because I I do know that not fantasizing but thinking of what what could have been or something like that because I know like uh think of another game Red Dead Two um there was there's a tropical map that you end up on eventually uh there's a tropical part of it and only half of it was ever truly used and uh parts of uh mexico in that game are actually rendered and done uh and you can literally go to them if you out of the map glitch to it but there's no there's no way to get to mexico or that part of the map without glitching into it and there's there's files in the game that show um that red dead one could have probably been part of the game like there's files of uh jack marston which is uh the child in the game uh that um in red dead one you get to play as like years later when he grows into an adult um and um one of my more favorite albums uh the wall by pink floyd a lot of the um a lot of things in that album were cut down because of the length that you could put on vinyl you could only put 20 minutes of vinyl on each side without making the quality dip so there was a lot of uh parts of the album that didn't get close to um what it could have been um so i with those two examples um i love thinking of what could have been part of it but what we got is okay enough i guess you know it's still a masterpiece mm. i just love to think of that alternate universe you know i guess <laughs> that's anything to go on yeah that's valid too like they did mention however that this is going to be a 10-year live service project, so who knows if they're going to add a good chunk of that missing content back into the game somehow. And the game... Oh, oh yeah, certainly. What if the uh, two-player or the co-op campaign uses parts of it or is like a completely... Not a completely different, but a... Uh, kind of like the, you know, Halo 5 where you get to play as... Uh, there's another character and then there's master chief you switch uh point of views on um they did something like that with the co-op where instead you're playing the other half of uh some of the con uh some of the cut content i don't know but uh, with 10 10 years to go along with hopefully they try to uh work on the campaign a bit more uh, like release DLC for it that was the uh, cut content hopefully like not in a scummy way like a certain other developer I know um but in a way to like you know throw it on there you know without charging money for it because they couldn't get get to it in time <laughs> you know uh, anyways oh and hey, um, that's, that's awesome yeah and a minor thing too with Halo as well just to Sure. Get this out there. There we have another little thing that little minor 
bug with the campaign that we found that has been found, I should say, rather. We didn't find it ourselves. So this is a minor thing we will talk about real quick. I did hear about that. It's a quick start, right? Especially for you, who is going to play Halo Infinite. With fortune for you, you're not playing on an Xbox Series X or S. You're fine, but if you were, which I know you're not, which for you is like, yes, I'm safe from this. (laughs) It's worked console pit. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, don't play offline or disconnected from Xbox Live or Halo. Halo.com or whatever. Yeah, because what happens is that if you play the campaign, there are certain armor lockers that actually contain cosmetics for multiplayer. So you actually do get some rewards for multiplayer by playing the single player. Okay. And, and they're pretty much just saying that for right now, just don't don't use quick resume for this. Yeah. If that's all it is, it's just you get armor mm. lockers. You can find some cosmetic stuff for your Spartan and multiplayer, and just make sure you don't use quick resume. That's our only announcement. P- our PSA on that. Yeah, hopefully they, um, hopefully, um, it gets fixed later. But uh, for for what it's worth, it's cosmetics. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what we're only playing multiplayer for is earning cosmetics, but yeah. or just playing but also the game because it's actually fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or, or that because like it's a game. Yeah, it's a waste of time to only enjoy it. Exactly. To to not enjoy it, I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a waste of time to not enjoy it. It's also a waste <laughs> of time in general, but it's the experiences, I guess. Yes. You know. Don't shame yourself if you get home from work every day tired and, you know, either pissed or something or whatever. And they're sitting down and playing a game of a match of Halo or something. It's not like you're committing a cardinal sin for not working 24-7. Right. And... You know, make sure the game you're playing is worth it, too. <laughs> right. Like uh, a certain someone who just flashed uh, uh, a certain game that uh, went on sale a little while ago. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. Um, we do have another topic, and this is actually, I think, is the, the biggest news of the week. Oh yes, the game, the game awards. awards. Who won? Who won? I didn't. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I actually watched it, and I remember doing this because I was counting the safe at work, mm-hmm. and I was able to listen to the entire thing. And I actually finished counting the safe right when the thing ended, which was great. It was perfect timing. Oh. But anyway, so what do you want to talk about first? The announcements or the nominations? Uh... Uh, I don't know. The, uh, let, let's, let's get the nominations out of the way first, and then let's see what's, what's in the future. Right, I have a good plan too, actually. So if you go to the link I gave you, they'll give you an idea what's going on here. Certainly. All right. 
Alright, uh, nominees, game of the year. So, it's going right to the game of the year section of the website here. And once this whole thing loads up, we'll see for ourselves. What game oh, won? yep. Oh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it is... Drum roll, please. I'm waiting for my thing to reload. That was just like one big fart. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a drum roll, but you know, noise suppression. So, let me know when it's uh, you know. It takes two. Awesome. Okay. Um, this is the same guy that said "fuck the Oscars" a couple years ago too. So that's his dude. Fuck the Oscars, man. It's funny how you know I remember watching this and I'm like, what? We completely got the wrong thing. Like I thought it would have been like Death Loop or. Any other yeah, games, yeah, not, certainly. Not this game. It takes two. I mean, I I know, you know, it, it's not really, it, it's not important. It that doesn't mean that it takes two is like the best game out there. But if I'm gonna be completely honest, um, GG, I guess. I don't know, GG. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 can I, what can I say? It it's it's not like they. You know, it's not like these other games are now uh, uh, delisted because this one won. Yeah, so. exactly. It's not like Take Two thought, yo, our definitive edition of, of the trilogy won Game of the Year. Let's release this the other one. See you later. Um, yeah, and let's uh, copy strike Takes Two. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but this is actually a pretty good win for indie gaming, I would say, because Hazelight is an indie studio. Yeah, certainly. And they're under EA's, um, you know, thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah EA's you know. publishing, indie publishing thing. So that's good for them, honestly, that the indie game did win. However, I did find that like a game like Metroid Dread or Ratchet and Clank, those two game releases were significantly higher in notable quality, and those games, I felt, were more earning of the title. Even Deathloop. Yeah, me too. Um, I feel like, like I said before, I think uh, Ratchet & Clank feels like a Disney movie with how smooth the animations are and just how polished it is. I mean, and Psychonauts 2, I know, is... Definitely worth a with the worth a playthrough, even though I haven't played it. Um, I know that it can, you know, it it. I know it's a good franchise from the first game. Mm. Um, but it takes two. I never played it. Um, hey, maybe it is worth game of the year. I don't know. Right, but however, there is one notable category we must talk about. Okay, what's that? Who actually won role-playing game of the year? Oh, shit. Uh, so you best new categories. RPG. Best role-playing. Because it did not, unfortunately, go to Cyberpunk 2020. It did not, Damn unfortunately, it. go... Yeah. I thought Cyberpunk would have won. 
<laughs> it's probably one of the best th games out there. Runs like shit on my PlayStation 4, but hey, that shit is sweet like chocolate. Anyway, I don't know. Exactly. Um, uh, Tales of Arise, okay. Yeah. Mm. I actually have been meaning to play that game too, because I've heard great things about it. In fact, I can pull up my copy right here. Interesting, yeah. Uh, you want to go um, from Game of the Year um, in order? Just, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll take a look at some of the other categories. Why not? So, I am pleased with one thing in particular, in the is the fact that Forza Horizon 5 did get Racing Game of the Year, so I am happy with that. You know, I felt oh, it was... Yes, yes, certainly. Certainly. Too bad it's, you know... Like, yeah. Like, oh my god, hey, yeah. It, uh... I, I am proud, too, because Forza Horizon 5... Um, from what I've seen of it, is worth it. You know, it's it's worth best uh, sports racing. Um, uh, yeah, and of course, like you know, uh, uh, you know how PlayStation and like PC usually get right. Uh, they usually get rewards, awards, like you said, mm -hmm. or something. I don't know, but hey, that there's there, there's that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, best game direction. Uh, Deathloop did win that. Yeah. So. What? Well, there's that. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, let's go take a look at that. I think that's going the one one wants here. So looking at this category here, uh, I mean we have Ratchet and Clank with the part, Psychonauts too. So a lot of the same game of the year ones, with a difference that instead of Metroid Dread, Returnal is that's here. Return. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like Ratchet and Clank should have gotten this one due to its yeah. in innovative uses of the, of the whole dimension shifting and the NVMe SSD for ridiculous fast loading times. Oh yeah, definitely. That's why I feel like that should have gotten this direct this this part. Like that game doesn't matter like what you think. That game deserves this category because it utilizes the fast loading times in a way that hasn't really been thought of. I mean, granted, there have been games that how you use like portal like mechanics to get to place the place faster. Like obviously portal, you just zoom there you go. But the fact that Ratchet clanked this in such a way that ties with a with a deep story. Oh yeah, certainly. No, I I, I love I love seeing that in like uh gameplay segments. The portal aspect of it but in in a in a much larger uh scale i i love that because like in portal it was mostly just you know what enclosed spaces enclosed rooms and stuff right yeah so it wasn't much it was a lot more open yeah and uh i feel like it i feel like the the bigger the game is the more difficult it is to uh, um, scrub out, like, uh, exploits, I feel. Yeah. Um, so. Is there any other directions right. you feel like you'd want to take a look at real quick? Uh, what, was, what surprised me is art direction. Um, Deathloop got it. Not Ratchet and Clank. So, art you direction know, and game direction. 
Yeah, honestly, I feel like this could have been one for Psychonauts or Kana, because Psychonauts 2 had a really unique art style of that. And that, yeah. Ooh, score and music near replicant. Audio design, though, is Forza 5, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, games honestly, for Impact. Honestly, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, this is what I kind of feel like Cyberpunk uh, score and music. Cyberpunk could have taken this one considering there is a good amount of rock music in this game and it does show a good amount of diversity in its music styles from like techno to rock so I can see why Cyberpunk sorry (laughs) there is some actual good music in Cyberpunk because the thing with Cyberpunk 27 is it wasn't intentionally meant to be a bad game it's just the fact that it was rushed out to market so there's elements of quality within it because CD Projekt Red historically had made quality games yeah, and I don't believe that CD Projekt Red meant to, you know, make it flop. It's just, uh, it was it was like uh, it, it's literally like the Halo Infinite uh, develop uh, development cycle. Like it, there was a lot of, um, it it like most of it had to be kind of cut out because. Uh, or it had to be like uh, shoehorned, you know. Yeah, in the case of Cyberpunk 2077, it was intentionally rushed by the CEOs, not the development studios themselves, because the development studios actually wanted another oh, yeah, few years to work on this game. Halo yeah, I'm Infinite, just saying. Uh, yeah, Halo <laughs> Infinite, on the other hand, was actually let Microsoft let them those guys be like, yo, take this t- your time on this game. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference between, hey, let the studio actually work their game on time and rushing a game out to market just because you, you're impatient. Yeah, definitely. But as you said, best audio design. Let's go to that one real quick. Yeah. Yeah, audio design, Forza. That actually would make sense for that one because, you know, it does, you know, it's basing off real cars. Like, of course, you want to make sure the sound mimics as much as possible. Though, in this case, I do feel like any, like, Returnal or... Pl- Ratchet and Clank could potentially have gotten this one too, especially when you're taking advantage of like, you know, th- these are games that probably have taken advantage of PlayStation HD audio. So they could have done some wild things with that. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at best performance. I know a certain somebody who, who would be happy about that. Yes. Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu, or Lady Lady Dimitrescu. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's like you notice that it's funny. This is similar to what happened, I believe it was last year or two years ago, where Death Stranding got like literally put in every single category, but it didn't win every single category it was placed in. Yeah, which is very interesting to note. This is a similar sort of situation, where. One game in particular is suspiciously in almost every single category, but yet it didn't get you win every single category. Yeah, certainly. Although the funny oh. thing about Deathloop is the fact that Bethesda is now owned by Microsoft, and while this was made pre-Microsoft acquisition of the game, yeah, this technically meant that Microsoft actually was in the nominations a lot. Oh yeah, certainly. Which is, I, I noticed, I noticed that too. With uh, what was it? Um, where were we with when I saw it? 
Um, there's another game that I saw. It was uh, yeah, Deathloop, and there's another Xbox game studio that I think won. A- anyways, um, well, I know one thing that would make you happy is what game got back the Player Choice Award. Uh, let me look. Uh, best performance, um, Giancarlo. Oh my God. Uh, most. Where is it? Uh. Oh my God. Player's choice. Where's player's choice? You know that's the weird thing. I'm noticing this too. Like, that's one of the ones they announce, but yet it's not even on here. Is it? Is it? Um. Uh, it can't be content creator of the year. Uh, no. Okay. Anyway, I'll just get to the chase of this one because this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. This one's for some reason not listed on here. Anyways, that one went to Halo Infinite. What? <laughs> Literally <laughs> didn't even release, and it got nominated. Woo! Except, <laughs> you, know, you know, this is a game I feel could technically be put next year nomination yeah, for certainly. game of the year. Because of the timing was so weird. Yeah. That's the thing. That's going to be a weird game of the year. Because next year's game of the year is going to be interesting to note. Because you're going to have God of War Ragnarok. You're going to have the sequel to Breath of the Wild. You're going to have possibly Halo Infinite in some of the categories. Yeah, definitely. And and you'll probably have Starfield too. Which will this time actually have Microsoft backing this time. Yeah, for, like, PC games, we'll have, like, mobile games as well, probably. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, so that's going to be Imagine a very... playing Claude Mobile uh, on the PC. Oh, my God, you know, we're, we are going to get to that soon, but, yeah, that's going to be a wild thing about, like, you can actually play Call of Duty Mobile on your PC. You can actually try it out with legit controls. Yeah, certainly. Best esports game. What do we got? League of Legends, of course. Let's see what should have won. Uh, Call of Duty. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, see that, best e- See that publisher down there? Yeah, we don't want. We we want to avoid those guys. Um, honestly, nah, yeah. Fuck those guys. Um, um yeah. Honestly, uh, this sounds about uh, right because Riot Games. They have two things. So even if you do Valorant, it doesn't matter because it's technically a spinoff of League of Legends. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And they're yeah. both the same. Mm. Let's see. Um, Best content creator. We might as well just go there at this point. Um, Well, the funny Dream? Thing... Dream? <laughs> it is Dream. It... Whoa. Well, <laughs> we know someone who isn't on this list. I'm sure probably wish they were here. But anyways. Yeah, no, I like what the fuck, guys. I I literally put in an application. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. I, oh. I even put you you and you know. I, what the fuck? They they didn't even we didn't even nominate. What the fuck, guys? Yes. My God. Oh, a best mobile game went to Genshin Impact, which are on PC and PS Five, anyways. But anyways. What about Can- games for Impact? Yeah, we'll go there. 
Life is Strange True Colors. Okay. Uh, oh man, Boyfriend Dungeon didn't win. Uh, come on, guys. <laughs> Girls, uh, you should have picked that one instead. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways. No. Uh, Best Ongoing. So those are the games that, you know... Oh. Keep getting ongoing support with DLC content expansions. Whoa. What? Fortnite? What? Let me see. Uh, How many people play Final Fantasy Online? It's actually like one of the highest played MMO um, RPGs out there. What the fuck? Resi 4? Oh, okay. My god. I was. You I thought I was having a goddamn stroke on best VR augmented reality. Because I saw Resident Evil 4 and I was like, what the f. What? But no, they released a VR version. I forgot. Yeah. I need to play that. So, as for best ongoing game, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at that one real quick. It does. I could see Final Fantasy 14 actually, you know, get this one. Considering yeah. that game actually has had a very interesting turn of events, let me tell you. And it also won um, best community support. Yeah. So Final Fantasy XIV Online actually is, I believe, the second most played MMO RPG in the world right now behind World of Warcraft. Yeah. And the story with this game is that it had a No Man's Sky-like situation in which this game actually, when it launched was bombarded terrible like horribly it was a very poor game when it first launched so it was like sea of thieves almost like kind of that type of no man's sky like yeah but here's a kicker though they actually went through a whole thing called a rum reborn and what this essentially did was they completely reshaped the entire vanilla game so they just completely just redid a lot of things it was redone Let's see and then ever since Realm Reborn, it was just positively viewed ever since. But as for best VR game, I just found it funny how a game that technically originally released in like the mid 2000s. I think it was like 2004 or five this released. Um, I that like I said, like I just said, oh my god, I I I thought I was like hallucinating. <laughs> that scared me. Anyways. Yeah, so congratulations to that game. Uh, Woo! Resi 4. Let's keep it, on milking it like Skyrim. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, any other any other categories you want to look at before we move on to the next section? Uh, check Action Adventure, because uh, one, uh, one of our favorites got nominated. Well, I don't know about favorites, so it's really just like... You know, uh, we hoped Nintendo would at least get something. They did. Good uh, for them. Yep. However, the only, the only thing that kind of stinks, though, is that Nintendo never got really any announcement. Actually, they never got a single announcement in the show. Huh. So, there was no Nintendo announcements in this show. So, if you were here for Nintendo announcements, this was a terrible show for you. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Oh, no. Uh, but speaking most, of nuts. Uh, most you... anticipated. Yeah, let's go there. Uh, and then, then we'll go to announcements. Yeah. I think at this point we kind of scratched every single barrel. The sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The sequel to. 
Yeah, it still doesn't have an official title. I see. All right. Uh, let's see. You but you see. know what does have an official title? <laughs> yes, the games are announced. Um, I'll just show this off on screen. Yeah. Elden Ring actually got most anticipated game, which is the funny thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, let's move on the ass at this point. Cause I'm sure that's what that's a lot. A lot of people started coming to the game awards nowadays for. Is what cool thing can you get from the game awards that no one else could get announced? What is the cool shit? Uh. So let's take a look. Fuck the Oscars. Uh, I don't know. We still have a, that's the whole thing. It's he, he. I remember when I saw that segment too. He was like, fuck the Oscars, and then all of a sudden he was like, well, that's okay anyways, because the game board started to become a lot better than the Oscars. But when he, when he, look it up. It's interesting. Anyways, so there's a numerous amount of announcements they made. One of them was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh, yeah, they I actually, saw that. Yeah, that was saw, like, wow, you know. Okay, go ahead, though. Yeah, they show off some gameplay about that and everything like that. There's Star Wars Eclipse. This is a Quantic Dream Star Wars game. So if you remember a game like Detroit Become Human and all that shit. Oh, it's oh much, I it's, see. It's, it's the same studio that does those games, making a Star Wars game. Ah, interesting. I'd like to see how they would make a Star Wars version of a choose your own adventure book sort of game yeah so that's what they're doing and then monolith soft who's known for like the middle earth games they're doing yeah. a wonder woman game oh and then alan wake 2 got announced they restricted <laughs> yeah sorry alan wake 2 got announced here and it actually is going to be more of a survival horror game this time Ah. So they're going to lean more toward the horror in the sequel. I see. Never played it, but I can only assume they might try to do something like Silent Hill and uh, make a uh, uh, psychological sort of like uh, thing to it. Like, because I, I, I think I think Alan Wake, I think part of the story that might he might have done something that traumatizes him. I think I, I don't remember. Know. I don't know. But hey, if you want psychological horror, we we know we know good template to base everything off of. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um. Anyways, um. Yeah, he he's a uh, he's complex. He ranges from melancholy, pensive to aggressive to angry. So it might deal with his psychological state, kind of like Silent Hill is like a amalgamation of the characters uh uh guilts and stuff yeah uh for spoken yeah this is the game that's created by luminous productions who made who was a team that was made of like the engine that final fantasy 15 used because that whole thing was a bitch so they need to make up their money somehow and they think by reason that engine for other projects but I've seen this gameplay and like it's it's captivating enough with the idea that you're constantly just using magic. Yeah. So all your attacks are magic based, which is pretty interesting. Um. There's a Texas okay. Chainsaw Massacre game. And that's, uh, great. 
and it's being made by the creators of the Friday the 13th game. Oh, great. I, I would love a slasher film that's a lot like the puppet combo games, like uh, Babysitter Bloodbath and stuff. That one where you're actually running from the thing in a story, not just like... Isn't, isn't Friday the 13th basically like online all the time? Like kind of like that. Isn't like an online thing? Oh, there's there's not yeah. there's no substance to it, I feel, if being they online. Yeah, it's one of those like one versus Yeah. The environment. Kinda games. like Dead by Daylight, right? Yeah. Uh, ah, fuck. Then he said it was Saga Hellblade 2. And when I saw the gameplay for this, I was like, holy fucking shit. The visuals that he used for that game were unreal. Like I mean, besides the point they actually used Unreal Engine 5 for this game. They were unreal because they were made with Unreal Engine, you stupid asshole. Anyway, sorry. Exactly. Just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> no, but seriously, if you ever watched the trailer for that game, like they showed, it was I'm, breathtaking. I'm, like the visual style I'm was going to. I'm going to right now. It's Ooh. Very dark. I'll skip ahead just cause. Oh wow! Is it this actual? This is actual game. Holy shit! This looks like a cutscene. Jeez! Oh my god! What is that? That looks like a cryptid. It's a giant though. Wow. Holy crap. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Like, uh, by like 30 seconds every time. But holy crap. The way the, the game, like, goes from, like, cutscene to gameplay. And, and the actual vis visuals during gameplay when you're running away from the giant. <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I heard the first game was fantastic. I I could I could probably download that game off of Game Pass. I heard the first game was fantastic. Hopefully. Wow, this is beautiful. Like, th th and there's a little bit of, uh, you know, you can tell it's a game. But, my God, this, this is awesome yeah and the best part too is that this is a, this was originally an indie studio too, ninja theory before microsoft bought them so obviously this is gonna be a microsoft exclusive so if you if wow. you yeah so this is an actual exclusive from xbox that microsoft feels like they actually have another win on their hands with this one this is the type is... of this is the type of clues that you would want to play because, yeah, it's a single player game. Like it's something that Microsoft doesn't really have, and they're getting these sort of games, I mean, especially with the Bethesda acquisition, and then this. Yeah, no, 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 like my God, this is beautiful from what I from what I just saw. But like, for, for being an indie studio, like. Well, it was originally like a, like a medium-sized team, but still. What, yeah, what what was an indie indie studio has now gone onto this this much of a level of detail. This is this is gonna be like uh, 
not to bring Red Dead 2 back, but in that game, you could take photos from the game in first person with no HUD, and you could question if it was, if you had your settings all the way cranked, you could question, you could end up questioning if it was like almost like a real photo, you know? Mm -hmm. This is the type of game that I, I like, that's like that where if if I took a first person view screenshot of it, I would wonder if that was like something from a high budget CGI movie. Yeah. Actually, one thing like if someone gifted you Game Pass. Don't. I'm not actually going to do that now cuz I no, just No, I see I I see you have earned that purchase button, motherfucker. Don't give me another gift. <laughs> Anyways, um but yeah, no. Uh, holy crap. Thank you for buying me the campaign, by the way. <laughs> but anyways. Um, but if a certain someone gave me the game pass. <laughs> would I play it if it was an exclusive? <laughs> to PC oh, no. and Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> or would I sit there and play Halo Infinite's campaign instead? <laughs> um anyways um i sit there and watch the tv show instead yeah because there's actually a, a paramount plus exclusive master chief halo series that's being developed so that's a thing interesting yeah interesting i i because i know that they've made movies of halo right before I believe they made like short things before, but nothing like a uh, Halo yeah. series for Paramount Plus. Yeah, nothing like that. But, huh? Anyways, uh, uh Elden Ring got another trailer, which that game is looking pretty good with legs and arms. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and then Sonic Frontiers got shown off, and I was because I'm a Sonic fan. I was I I was like freaking squealing excitement when I saw this one, and this is actually an open world Sonic game. Oh my god, awesome! So it's it, oh my god, awesome! Wait, I can now um play Sonic Frontiers and Knuckles with you if it's fuck it's PlayStation only. Ah. No, don't get that mixed up. It is. Oh, it isn't. Oh, thank goodness. Ah, Windows PC, blast me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to go on. Like when you see the game, with well, the brief snippet of gameplay they show, it makes you wonder how this is run on Nintendo Switch because it's coming to the Switch. Um. Oh wow! It, it looks a lot like the. Uh... Subspace emissary cutscenes from Smash Bros. Brawl. Mm. Um, Actually, now I think about it, the lighting does make it seem a bit similar to that. Yeah, definitely. Hey, this looks good. I hope it's. I hope it comes out like a really good game, not like you know. It looks good so far. Yeah. Oh, that waterfall was a bit questionable, though. No offense. Mm. I mean, like, it is a cartoony game with like a semi-realistic art style, so you never know. Um, anyways, yeah. uh, Slitterhead is a thing. I guess it's another Slitterhead horror game or something like that. 
Oh, uh, there is a Lord of the Rings Gollum game. It's a stealth action game. It looks like they're doing. Oh. And then you have another show for Tiny Tia's Wonderlands, which started our baby metal meme. It did. It actually did, because this is what I... When we were talking about the PlayStation showcase that happened, I brought the fact that this song had baby metal playing in the background of that trailer. And you flipped your shit off of it. It... Oh. Um... But... Okay. Uh... This is where I take a uh, a big um uh no and uh walk off uh camera and uh you know and uh get that son of a bitch out of my sight type of uh looking head ass, uh, you know, like a certain someone, you know, uh showing off their baby metal. <laughs> You know, and uh, I mean, I could just do Hatsune Miku in the background. Of, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could just, you know, um, uh, walk the fuck away, and uh, we'd both be happy. Um, I don't know. It's up to you, man. <laughs> I love how you just changed the back. I really to the image of the lunchbox. Yeah, I mean, hey, who knows? Life is uh quite a journey in life and uh <laughs> when you get the uh uh j-pop uh metalists um confused with rob zombie then you're a dragular and uh you know uh where the fuck did my banner go i i, I just i just lost it god damn it i mean uh, however will this make you want to play among us and br because that's a thing now Well, I already had to deal with uh, Among Us in Fortnite, so who knows? Yeah, Among Us is gonna be in VR. You have to have a you have to have a Oculus Quest or how they labeled it now, Meta Quest. Oh yeah, it's a Meta Quest. So Hell by yeah, then it's dude. gonna be rebranded to that. So, woo. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, there's gonna be a Star Trek Resurgence. I guess it's going to be a third-person choice-driven game in the Star Trek universe, so that's something. Oh, yeah, awesome. Definitely. Uh, Arc uh, Raiders, this is a game from former DICE and Battlefield developers, and it's a PvE shooter coming in 2022. Uh, oh, and get this. There's new creative creator-safe music coming from Riot Games. It's called Session Diana. And it's going to be a copyright-free music that streamers and content creators can use without getting DMCA'd. Oh, hey. This would be very useful for pretty much everyone. You know? Wow. Imagine being able to use this for vlog-like content or whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, certainly. I would probably... Actually, even though I don't play League of Legends, this is probably the best single thing they could have ever done. Yeah. Definitely. Especially if you're into like a more fantastical setting for your for soundtracks, this is amazing. Imagine they would do this for like every style of scenery. Like, this is more fantastical. If Riot Games, if you ever watch this, if you can make one for sci-fi and one for like folk, or one for you know any type, like a pop or classic yeah, like, rock, uh, like metal, 
or uh, J-pop and uh, oh J-pop or alpaca nice. especially. Yeah, certainly, because <laughs> I'm certainly not uh, gonna alt F four. And uh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> right. All right, and this is. I remember you wanted to talk about this, and now we get to. Um, they did show up a trailer for the Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections, but they also announced the Matrix Awakens, which is the interactive experience in Unreal Engine 5. Alpaca? What about John Wick and Fortnite? Anyways, hi. Uh, you just missed uh, me wanting to talk about the, uh, the Matrix Resurrection. They showed a trailer for that, and this is when they also announced the Matrix Awakens, which is that Unreal Engine 5 experience. Really? I missed that? Yeah, you missed me trying to talk about that. That's all I mentioned. But what were your thoughts? But you mentioned you wanted to talk about this, the interactive experience part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, um, I, I personally didn't want to talk too much about it. Or at least like a few I seconds thought, of it. I thought. So it was all rendered in Unreal Engine, like the entire, like scene, right? Mm-hmm. So, looking at how sharp the visuals are, and just how like almost like th there is gonna be like a point in where you'll see a a movie that is completely CGI. Like, with how, with just how detailed the graphics are, you know? No more animal cruelty. PETA will be happy for once. What? You don't get the joke, uh, do you? I, I get the joke, in a sense. Because um, you know how that organization likes to claim everything as animal cruelty, practically? Yeah, just like this new uh, Rumbleverse. Oh yeah! Look at that chicken. Yeah, so this is essentially made by, this is made by Iron Galaxy, who the most <clears> recognizable <throat> game for me is the Killer Instinct reboot that happened. But anyways, this is a wrestling battle royale game. I guess it's kind of like a, it has a mixture of like Knockout City vibes with it too. So I guess it has some element in terms of art style in that direction. <laughs> um. Seems pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um The Expanse. A Telltale What? A Telltale series? What? Yeah, so even though I think I remember hearing about this, I think they got funded or something like that. After like de liquidating like their assets something like that, they managed to make a comeback, so Yeah. What the heck? Oh, wow. Interesting. So there's that. Oh, another trailer for tunic got released, so which is a Zelda-like game, so that's neat. Oh, uh, so it's Zelda for furries. Yes. Interesting. Um, furries, please watch I, us. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm not knocking that. Why, why do you think I have this avatar? Exactly. I'm, uh, I'm not saying anything besides that. Yeah. Uh, Homeworld three. Um, I don't know what this game is, but it looks like a space based exploration game, so that's cool. Uh, 
Crossfire X is getting an official release date of February 10th. Okay. Nightingale. This is a survival game in a in like Victorian era. Looks kind of like as Minecraft Elements 2, which is not which is interesting. Um yeah. PUBG is going to officially be a free to play game. Oh, amazing. Um so, so it's not like a game you have to pay game pass for in order to get it free. It's just it's going to forever be free. Mm, it's it's almost like Blue Hole is uh is uh you, you know I I heard that whole thing about PUBG and how kind of scummy Blue Hole was you know with the Fortnite thing and I was doing more research on it like interesting I I don't hate Blue Hole Blue I have Point. no reason to or Blue Point not Blue Hole fuck me God damn it no Blue Point <laughs> Blue Blue Point was actually the I got that mixed up because Blue Point is the studio that Sony acquired that did Demon Souls and like other various remakes, so that's not the right studio. But you get that, you get what I mean, though. But, but whoever the fuck makes it, I I remember they were being Blue a bit something. scummy about it. Blue something, but Blue Balls. Um. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, Cuphead's DLC officially got a release date of June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Yang. Which, this is Who, actually who's the yellow cup. Esmus Chalice. Oh. Okay. Um, anyway, so you, you got a female playable character. But this game in particular, the DLC has been developed for a few years, actually. Nice. Mainly, uh, one of the, I think one of the obvious reasons is because the art style is so distinct. They have to do keyframe animation. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that, the, that art style... Like I, I know it's, I know it's, you know, supposed to be pretty much a parody based on old timey cartoons, like you know, uh, uh, what is it, Warner Brothers, MGM, and nineteen uh, thirties cartoons, nineteen thirties through sixties, seventies, even, uh, even, even later, I think, uh, even earlier as well. Um, I, I love that. I, lo I love that art style because it reminds me of being very young and watching Boomerang at like 11 o'clock, which back then 11 o'clock was like the latest I could stay up without passing out. And now I've been staying up all damn night usually. Yeah. Um. Oh, hey, uh, another one for you, Mr. Sonic fan. Uh, yes, the Sonic movie too. Now the funny... Yep. Yeah, this got me pretty excited, too. I mean, I'm not usually a movie watcher, but for some reason, these Sonic movies are the exception of, to the rule, because well, I'm a huge Well, they're, they're, well they're, they're game characters, you know? Like, I mean, who isn't going to watch, like, uh, who isn't going to get excited about, you know, a, a, a movie adaptation of a game, except for, you know, if you know that video game movies are usually cruddy you know but i mean hey some of them are actually quite nice like the uh, tomb raider one and i know sonic the hedgehog the movie was well received after the uh remake with the you know they remade redid sonic's face yeah they actually get, got re that player positive after half of that like it was a prime turn of events because it seemed like Imagine what that would have been like with the original design, because everyone was like, hey, this movie was really cool, but everything else was just, eh. 
But now yeah. it's funny, like with the ridiculous reception of the original Sonic movie, they have Sonic Two, and now they're actually more towards it being even closer to the game to the original one. Oh yeah, definitely. With Tails being involved, Knuckles being involved, Jim Carrey's Robotnik is now being even closer to the game. Now the famous Dash and everything. Yeah. So. This movie, I think, is a pretty good movie, too. I think it may actually be better than the first one in that regard. Kind of how Sonic 2 is considered one of the greatest games. And Sonic 1 is still a good game, too. But Sonic, oh, everyone goes back to Sonic 2. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I know that there was a few cartoons of Sonic, so they got yes. a bit of source material anyways. But yeah, um, I'm just saying that, you know, usually video games, video game movies are eh. Yeah, but they've, they've definitely gotten they've better been, recently, though. Yeah, they've definitely done their their best, you know, um, recently. Like, anyone who's done a video game movie. Yeah. Except uh, for Cyberpunk. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Thirsty Suitors, <laughs> uh, I what? guess this is going to be a... You know, it looks like it's going to be... I don't know what sort of game this is, but eh, cool, I, I guess. have no idea. It says it's going to... It's talking about relationships and family dynamics. Um, we will have to watch which, the trailer find out, but I don't know if any of us feels like doing that. Uh, nah, I'll pass on it. It's... Another game they showed off too was Dune, Dune Spice Wars. So this is a real-time strategy game with 4X elements, and it's being based off the Dune franchise. Okay. Um, Another thing that they didn't show too, this list didn't mention the fact that Saints Row was also in this thing too. Yeah, because I, I I know that there was um something about Saints Row because I know that they you know delayed it for you yeah know, a few things, but they did. Yeah. There was there was something about it. You know, there's gameplay that they were gonna release, right? Well, yeah, and they did do it in the game work, but this article doesn't have it. So yeah, yeah. So that that is another thing. But hey, is there anything that they missed? Uh. On the on the polygon, as far as I know, these were really the key announcements. Okay. But overall, like even though you haven't watched the show yourself, like what did you think of most of these announcements? Like, do you think this would have been a good show, like a showcase, if it was just a, if it was just these announcements? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I know they try their best to hype out the game awards but then again also it just becomes a bit one big advertisement sometimes i noticed like you know with ea and uh or not ea e3 sorry <laughs> e3 um and i know the game awards and e3 have kind of turned into like you know vaping kills you know and all that sort of like um you know winners don't do drugs sort of announcements yeah um practically However, um but hey one thing another thing that for i i remember seeing something in the game awards too that never got showed that i think we could talk about as well oh yeah involves google Mm-hmm. and now soon enough in 2022 you can play android games to windows so Finally, you can play Rage Satellite on your PC. Finally, you can play COD Mobile 
well docked. Exactly. Um, finally. Finally. You can play uh, Super Mario Shuffle. I mean, Pokemon Shuffle. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, Pokemon Go. Motherfucker. God damn it. Uh, and use wonder... a VPN to walk around. <laughs> I actually wonder how that's going to work. Like, How do you play Pokemon Go on your PC? That's going to be such a weird experience. I don't know. That's just so weird. They got you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, hey. Awesome. Yeah. It's... Use a VPN to get around. Exactly. NordVPN. As of during 2022, players will be able to experience their favorite Google Play games on more devices, seamlessly between, seriously switching between a phone, tablet, Chromebook, and soon Windows PCs. This Google-built product brings the best of Google Play games to more laptops and desktops, and we are thrilled to expand our platform for players to enjoy their favorite Android games even more. Heck yeah. So, yeah, they tease the app during the Game Awards, but the thing that's interesting to think about... What? Yeah, like, it's just an interesting thing to think about, like... Oh, there, okay. <laughs> like, how, there's a couple, like, mobile, like, tie-offs, like, I know there's a Final Fantasy VII, like, Battle Royale game that's being exclusively released on mobile, and this is an official tool you can play that on. Mm-hmm. Again, like, you mentioned COD Mobile. If you wanted to be a total shill, you could just play the mobile version of Genshin Impact on your PC, which, why would you when there's an official PC port anyways? That 120 hertz. Except you'll have to, like, uh, unlock the bootloader and then, like, sideload it from iPhone 13, iOS, sort of system bullshit. Fuck, I don't know what I'm saying. I hear you. You know what I mean. We're gonna find some weird like VM exploit. Oh, absolutely. There's probably <laughs> some weird way. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with this. Like, there's a yeah. lot of games you can do with mobile that might work quite well on PC. A lot, of, especially a lot of like, the mobile shooters could, could finally be played on PC in efficient format. Other games yeah. you could potentially bring. Would be including a lot of like the some of the some games I know on mobile, like the, there's like a, a couple of Sonic mobile games that actually work pretty well on PC as well. There are yeah, there's just a good chunk of mobile games that surprisingly would work well on PC. Granted, a lot of it is free play garbage, but being able to, oh, this actually means that technically you can get away with the Nintendo mobile games on PC. And. Technically, we can go back to the 2010s and play Fruit Ninja and Angry Birds yes. on a PC without, you know, playing shitty, like, uh, Flash player versions. No, these, especially too, these would be the official versions that people have known for a very long time, which actually makes it even better. Yeah, or that weird, like, Russian bootleg version on the, like, 501 bootleg cartridges. That's yeah. a thing. There's that, um, too. I just hope that it's available on Windows 10, because I'm not going to Windows 11 just for this. Windows 11 needs to really be... Well, the thing <sighs> is, that it's, it only mentions Windows, and it'll be available in 2022, so it looks like that is going to be the case. Is that you could just yeah. go ahead and just do it in Windows 10 and call it a day. 
Yeah, it says this will be a, a this will be a win a native Windows app through by Google, which will support Windows 10 and up. Okay. So this is a complete native on. app in that it's not gonna roll well, game streaming or anything. It's just yo, download app Windows 10. You can play your mobile games. Have fun. All right, fun. So yes, you two can finally play Raid Shadow Legends on your computer. Yep, and you two can, um, uh, probably, like, break Eula's. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we we can finally play San Andreas Mobile Edition on the PC. <laughs> Woo! The definitive edition sucks. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny if if if, the, if that if that Android version is still listed on the Google Play Store. Yeah, you have another loophole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, take uh, two. <laughs> nah. Okay, it's take. all about that. That's that ABK BS. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so all oh, having some Google Play games on PC is all daddy fantastic, and all the freaking possibilities are amazing. Yes. Uh, PlayStation meanwhile got another studio on their hands. Mm-hmm. Valkyrie Entertainment. Yes. So what this is going to be is a support studio. So. Valkyrie Entertainment has mostly been used for a support studio, so they work alongside other studios in games. So this would help with Sony getting their games out faster, mostly. Not so much about the exclusives, they're more so concerned about how can we get these games out faster. Okay, so it... it the, the way I see is they could, um... They could probably, um... One second. They could probably co-develop, um, and, uh, probably get stuff out uh, a lot quicker than Microsoft at that point, then. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, like, one of their, like, main dudes. I mean, they, I'm sure if they were allowed, if they wanted to make their own title, Sony would let them. If probably they had the right idea. Oh, no. Like, but this isn't, like... Like, help, help co-develop, I mean... Yeah, so it'll just help speed up development a little bit. That's what these studio support suits tend to do. And so make it PlayStation 17th studio that they have on their arsenal. Microsoft technically has more studios right now because they also own Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what they're gonna and they've been and since two thousand two they've actually contributed to quite a number of PlayStation franchises, including God of War, Infamous, and Twisted Metal. So, it's not like they're gonna, like they they can develop a new twisted metal. They're mostly just gonna be used to help make whatever studio wants to make that twisted metal faster. Yeah, definitely. Like, say, like if a game takes like two years to make or whatever, they could uh, they could make it so that it's either takes like one point five years, maybe one point two five years, if they want to focus more on speed development, or if it's like, hey, we'll still keep it two years development time, but you can have more content in your game. Yeah. I, I, I know. Um, I was, um, I, I was trying to get 
that point across as it like they're not gonna be like they're not gonna be like you know developing games they're more or less just going to work alongside the developers and uh create the game with them right because Sony started to go toward the path where they want to make more of these single player games like large vast games and clearly they need enough studios to be able to support their mission of having this come out consistently one of the things I've noticed too is the fact that Sony's output of games has been actually getting pretty slow. Yeah, the I I noticed that too is that you haven't really seen many PlayStation exclusives, besides like the ones that they already have that they've, you know. Yeah, so I feel like having a studio like Valkyrie come in and like help speed up development of many of these games could help them out a bit in the long run. Definitely. I mean, it may not help with something in Felix faster, but I mean... Don't talk about any of these in my podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just joking. No, I know. Uh, but, uh, y- you know how long it took for The Last of Us Part 2 to, you know, come out? That took, like, freaking years. Like, I remember multiple E3s they were talking about that thing. So, stuff like this with uh, Valkyrie Entertainment and um, stuff in that sort of vein, I feel like um, that and... Uh, what else? Um, I mean, God of War has been. Mm, I mean, and the Spider-Man games. Uh, what else we got? Well, eventually get Wolverine at some point. That's all I know. As- that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could. The, Valkyrie could help speed up. Uh, make sure that the uh, new uh, Logan game is gonna be. Uh, is gonna. Be there. Um, on time instead of a delayed release, you know, like a lot of games nowadays have, you know? Yeah. I just feel like this is going to be a, a more... Cause I notice a lot with what Sony's been doing. They've been acquiring more strategic efficiency-based studios rather than content studios. Like right now, Microsoft definitely needed content, so it made sense they were on a content spree. Sony seems to be more so leaning towards efficiency speed. Yeah. I don't get it wrong. They've had bought a couple of you know, content you know, makers like Bluepoint, which does specialize in remakes and stuff like that, and Insomniac, which... Why did it take them this long to get Insomniac? I still wonder that this day. What took them so long? Uh... Because they've been around, they've been making mostly PlayStation exclusive games since, like, the dawn of the PlayStation, t- PlayStation. So you, um, so that you think that, especially with Spyro, so you think they would have been part of a PlayStation in its early days. Uh, personally, I think with the, uh, with Insomniac games, um, in my opinion, the whole, like, swallowing up smaller studios sort of thing sort of trend it you know not, not saying that sony did that 
like like uh what is it what's the word uh out of uh spite <laughs> but i feel like the uh the whole acquiring smaller game studios or smaller developers is a bit more of a trend nowadays now that these companies are uh much bigger now well that was much bigger but they need more resources to make these larger games and that too yeah definitely because uh games have only gotten more and more harder to produce as the pixels get pushed and the you know as the tech gets more uh because nowadays you can make any 8-bit game you can make any game in 8-bit and 16-bit um or something with that style and do it pretty relatively quickly because you don't have to throw in as many details or anything. That's why a lot of indie games go for that sort of like style of PlayStation 1 era or PlayStation 2 sort of graphics or with older NES and 64 sort of uh, mm-hmm. 2D art styles. It's because that's a little bit easier to make rather than a full 3D model of somebody's head, you know. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I get that part. But anyways, while you know this acquisition is going to help Sony speed up their assets, the opposite is true about a certain case that's still going on, and it feels like it's never going to end. I hope it doesn't. That that would that would actually really uh put a dent. I feel. Because here yeah. at Godcast, ever since episode 4, we've been on this crusade. So, context. So, Activision Blizzard workers stage walkout over Call of Duty Studio layoffs. Okay. So, what happens here is that there were some, there were some contractors at Raven Software who were laid off. Oh, is is this the one? Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I actually remember watching a video about this. Um, it, not this one in, in particular, but there was one incident where a uh, QA tester, I believe, um, she or he or they even uh, got, uh, I think they either made an account and it wasn't specifically for Activision Blizzard. It was literally just a, a Twitter account that said, um, by the way, I'm a QA tester, you know, at me if you find any bugs in this game. And while Vanguard is a broken mess, this developer, this QA uh, tester, not a developer, they have no say in development. Um, this QA tester is asking people in the community, not on behalf of Activision Blizzard, but on behalf of himself or herself and you know you know whatever um and literally it's like 
uh, Activision Blizzard reaches out to this person and eventually fires, uh, get, they get fired for literally asking the community for uh, quality assurance testing. Like, for literally asking the community, hey, you see this bug? Can, um, if you see these bugs, let me know. Not on Activision Blizzard's behalf, but on my behalf, so I could report this, you know? Yeah, so pretty much the context that earlier in the week, what happened is that Activision Blizzard had laid off 12 quality assurance contractors from Raven wow. Software. Okay. And from there, 60 workers at Raven Software, including both full-time and contractors, left work to protest the surprise terminations. Yeah, didn't they... Yeah, they terminated them. Um, and they, like... Uh, wasn't it that they... Um, they laid them off, like, in... in mass... I and they so. yeah, like on on mass, and then they, and then they, uh, what was God? What was it? They did that, and then now we get this game, which is, you know, uh, quite a uh, show. <laughs> uh, oh my God! In Vanguard, let me tell you. Uh, they released a remake of a map. So, there are kill barriers, or not kill barriers, but kill timers, where if you walk out of the map for too long, um, you get killed. But if you sp if you full-on sprint past that uh, kill thing, mm -hmm. I I'm gonna let you put your water down uh, after this. Mm -hmm. So, if you walk past the- you can- you can run past the kill barrier. Before the timer goes off. And you can be out of the map. Literally. And this is a released. Brand new map. A new re newly released. Brand new map. That they did not QA test. Otherwise. This bug would not happen. You can literally walk. You can run straight out. To the beachhead. And you can walk to the other aisles. And. Just little. Um islands out in the distance and fucking fall through the map um, into the water. Right. Like, my goodness. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me, though, that they would try to do this either damage control-like or just something to... Um, just something to... Uh, keep their profits as uh, tightly high enough, you know, as high enough as possible. It doesn't surprise me. They're trying to do something to control their profits being, uh, and their shareholders pulling out because they don't want much to do. Yeah, because we've had, like, the SOC group earlier that kind of shied away, and then you have, like, Phil Spencer, Jim Wright, and Doug Bowser all condemn them, and then Jeff Keighley of the Game Awards also con condemned them. Like, even, like, funny enough, at the Game Awards, one of the first things Jeff Keighley said was, we do not tolerate this behavior. They didn't specifically mention Activision Blizzard, but it was implied. I see. Hmm. 
I know that was just out of in response because of people not liking his uh, neutral opinion too much. Yeah, he tried to be but, as neutral as he could, but at the end of the day, he kind of was forced to stay to take us take a side, which kind of yeah, um, I figured, which was unfortunate. Like, don't get me wrong, like don't get me wrong. It is this whole deal has been a very big deal. It's yeah. been the constant talk of the town and all the actions that Activision Blizzard has done. It's disgusting. It's and really... a whore in nature. And I condemn it. Yeah. And I know Hydrowave, you condemn it. You can say for yourself. Um like it is not it is not a it is not a uh like morally right thing nor is it legally a right thing or like in every way it is not right of what Activision Blizzard has done uh, at least what we've seen the people in power uh abuse or have heard, alleged or not. It is a disgusting thing to think about, and personally, I would not support... I have not bought much from Activision at all. I am not going to purchase their games further ahead, unless either something changes... Or there is an exception, like for for some sort of something that would like something that I would want to purchase, you know. Like I, I personally am, am boycotting them as far as um, right now, but if something changes in the future, or I make a purchase. I still don't condone their practice, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure the biggest thing that would get us to purchase Activision Blizzard games again would be if Bobby Kotick actually resigned. Personally, yeah. I I think that is my, like, what I mean by purchases is if somebody wants Call of Duty Vanguard or one of the Call of Duty games or an Activision game in general, and they want me to buy it for Xbox or PlayStation or something or as a gift. That's what I mean by purchases. Yeah. Personally, I'm not going to do anything to support this um, this company until something truly changes or it is a gift. In that case, then, yes, I know my money is going to these ass wipes, but I want no part of it just it's just a gift at, at most for at least for me that's it's it's very difficult i don't but i don't want to say i'm gonna tiptoe around this problem you know we can't um i yeah you really can't you know it's 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 hard to tiptoe around something that is like just not right and and the fact that now that you know now we're seeing that employees are starting to get this, the protest in that article said there is no end date. 
this one did not have an end date, which means they're going to be out protesting for as long as needed. I hope they continue until Kodak walks out, you know? Mm-hmm. He is not a good person. No, definitely. From what we've heard and have read and seen and just things in general. I don't support this person. I 100% get that. And I... I... I, Mostly I wish for the people who are uh, victims of this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I wish them the, the best and like I, I wish them the like that they would I, I wish that they would find peace, you know, past yeah. this and understand that this place is that Activision Blizzard is that that company and that building out there in California is like that is I don't know. I, I I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of a way to say it. It's just there will be there will be a time when all of this stuff is completely behind all of us, you know? But No, I understand. It's hard to rest. It's hard to rest when, when like, you know that there are still people who are out there that have and will continue to commit these heinous actions, you know. But I, I feel like there is only forward. And by forward, I mean that continue on and try to, as an employee, um, find solace in knowing that this, these people are now ousted by pretty much everyone. Right. And well, it's. You know, wait, like, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to stutter. It's just very difficult to talk about a pressing situation no, and it's fine. speak to tens of thousands of people. Potentially. You know, even potentially. Though, even though only like 30 people are ever going to view this. But anyways. I, I know, but just in case they're, you know, just in case, you know. Oh, I understand. Yeah, the one... We have that one anomaly that makes us viral, but however, we do have another thing that happened with Activision Blizzard. Is that a Blizzard employee says she was told to get over it after reporting sexual harassment? Another case of this. So pretty much what happened was that during the multiple lawsuits, 
One of the employees made a public statement about the abuse she says she's experienced over her four-year career at the studio, and that she worked for Blizzard, the group responsible for making Overwatch and Diablo. So this was in the Blizzard division, not the Activision side, but it's still part of the same company, so it doesn't really matter. Anyways, so this is what happened. I was so excited to be a part of a community that seemed to care so much about their employees. Unfortunately, that didn't happen to me. Since I've been employed at Blizzard, I have been subject to rude comments about my body. No, we don't want to scroll down. Fuck you. Um, since I've been employed at Blizzard, I've been subjected to rude comments about my body, unwanted sexual advances, inappropriately touched, subjected to alcohol-infused team events and cube crawls, invited to have casual sex with my supervisors, and surrounded by a frat boy culture that's detrimental to women. She also brought up these negative experiences to her supervisors and... They were rushed aside. According to her statement, her superiors said the men harassing her were just joking that she should get over it. She was told not to go to HR. She was told her abusers had done nothing wrong in the eyes of the law. That's horse shit. It, it totally is wrong. At top of two, she even complained about the sexual abuse she was experiencing. She was... Yeah, yeah, this is what happened. So after she complained about the sexual abuse she was experiencing, she was actually demoted and faced retaliation. She also was denied shares in the company and full profit sharing, and her and her raises were only very minimal. Also, in her statement, she also mentioned that her mental health was shattered by the events, and that she was going to remain public in order to fight for a safe work environment for all Activision Blizzard employees. So, pretty much, she got screwed. She got 100% screwed over. Yeah. It's... <sighs> like... When we talk, when I talk about abusing power, you know, this is the type of stuff that, you know, this is the type of stuff that I um, think about is that when you speak out about things that are not right or incorrect, you get outcasted. You know, you get uh, you get ousted by either the higher-ups, the people in charge, or possibly people in the public community, you know? And when I think of that type of abuse of power, you know, it, it makes me afraid because when somebody who is so evil or so... Um, corrupt would abuse their power that much to um to, to do to do this crap you know to do this to like treat somebody like this with the most disrespect literally downplaying possible you know possibly who, who knows who knows it uh, you know, it it could there could be more going on behind closed doors. You know, like it, it's just 
I, I feel like this type of stuff is, uh, it's, it's what, Yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I I, I keep on I keep on freaking stuttering and stuff. I'm sorry. It's just no. It's fine. It's not only do, are you stuttering because it's a it's a pressing matter, but this is all just shocking and disturbing to see a company that has games that you had enjoyed just turn out to be so evil and disgusting and abhorrent. Really, that's that's kind of how it is you know like i also just question you know the abuse of power of like the boss or the ceo or your manager or supervisor you know like some of it is truly unfair and i i feel like some people like always get the rotten end of the deal you know they get they pull the shortest straw you know uh so or is it the shortest straw that's the it's the worst i forgot um uh, i just hope that there's a way to move on you absolutely know? and Again, we upset every single time we talk about this organization. You know, we all want to offer a place for you all to have a community to speak up, and we care for everyone's beliefs and equal rights and everything like that. We want to be a welcoming community to all of you and keep fighting strong, and we're all on your side. But while this situation is a bit grim, we can move on to some other technological advances in society. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something uh, let's, at let's least brighten that. our moods up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's do that because uh, it just gets too much in ourselves sometimes. That and it's just such a grim topic you know like you it said um, but um, digital driver's license yeah. licenses in DC yeah so on Tuesday DC council approved a measure to give DC residents access to digital version of their driver's license or identification care on their phone the legislation was passed unanimously, which gives the Department of Motor Vehicles authority to issue digital credentials and let residents present identification in electronic format on a smartphone instead of a physical credential, except when prohibited by the law. That's nice to hear, like, you know. It's just nice to see that, you know, we're getting to this time in which we're getting more convenience for everything. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want to carry around your driver's license all the time, risk losing it, you can just have it on your phone. However, the cost of this that this convenience could, in fact, be detrimental since it increases your reliance on your smartphone. Yeah. Um. Imagine. Um. Imagine a point where you forget your phone at home, or it has to charge and. 
personally, you don't, I don't know why you would, but you don't have a car charger or it's literally just, it just like goes in one ear and out the other, or just like, uh, I don't know, something, it bounces over your damn head. You forget your phone and you only have a digital one because why ever have a physical one? You know, why ever do that? And you're going down the street and something happens. Accident, um, you're driving too fast, your headlights out, or your plate has been stolen by a weirdo or something and you didn't notice. Uh, your license plate. Uh, so it pulled over and I see your ID and you know, you're like, oh yeah, I, I have a digital one. Let me grab my, what the, f uh, one second officer. And you don't have your phone. So I'm quite, uh, I, I, I like physical things. As much as digital things, more like physical because it has touch and you can feel. But um, imagine that situation. <laughs> now, the only thing I see about this is what if your ID is digitally linked with the police and they can pull it up at any time for you to make sure that you are registered? Mm-hmm. So you can no longer forge driver's licenses because they have to be in the database. That is my only caveat to the little, uh, little skit that I just did, uh, that I just talked about. Um, so this is only in DC, right? So you, if you go out of state, you can't, it's not legal tender, I guess, or you have to have a physical one out of state. Right. However, the article does mention that eventually digital licenses would also be accepted at security checkpoints in airports across the country under a plan supported by the Transportation Security Administration. So it, there is going to be a bit of a push eventually. The, it's a matter of when. It's, it's an inevitability. It's a matter of when. That you could just take your driver's license with you on your phone and just show it on your phone and bam, you're good. Yeah, because I I know it says Maryland and Virginia are moving to make something like this, and that there's twenty states that are considering or testing or just Locked. actually have one. Yeah, twenty states. Yeah. And if we take a look at this, um, it, it's a blue text. You can actually click it. Oh yeah, yeah. I am checking it out. Uh. Depends. Arizona and Georgia will be the first in the country who have it in the Apple Wallet uh, application. So far, the state governments of Arizona, Connecticut, Georgia, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah are signaling support for the feature. Cool, so eventually I could just have my driver's license on my phone. Yay! Awesome. Um, I can't wait to go down to Alabama. Oh, yeah. Drive my Chevy <laughs> to New Jersey. 
<laughs> Sorry. No, that, that actually brings up a valid point. Just imagine being the redneck up in like the Appalachia of West Virginia, just like having your smartphone being also being the biggest tech geek on the planet for some reason. Just having your freaking monster truck just going off on the off roads and you get to drive all across the country without having to deal with all those wallets. Oh, city folk, and they're up tightness going down to Texas, then going to Nevada, <laughs> going past the Mavi, going to California, <laughs> then drive all the way back to Florida, then to Iowa. And then guess what? I'm back in West Virginia. Mountain Mama! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, don't sue us. Uh, uh, John Denver, don't sue us. John John, John Denver. Uh, which uh, should have... Or the record company owned the song. Yeah, because I think he's dead, right? Probably. I don't know. But... Uh, also, don't sue us, Todd Howard. We, I definitely um, didn't mention the Mojave in this because of Fallout. <laughs> or uh, DC. Which, holy shit, wait. You mentioned West Virginia. This license plate thing is in DC. And guess what? I mentioned the Mojave! Woo! <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's funny to think about that, you know. We only need to Boston. We're going to go down to that Massachusetts. I was going to say, the funny thing, too, is that because of the fact that Obsidian and Bethesda are still part of the same company, yeah, they technically could just remake New Vegas if they wanted to, which, by the way, that actually would be a really good remake, to be honest with you, because that thing is a, considered a fan-favorite game. Well, yeah, certainly. I'd love a remake, honestly. Um, they would be able to... And they could do it without a uh, any sort of... Uh, um, limit because i remember that they um got limited to how many lines they could have in the game and that's why one of the one of the uh characters in dead money was a silent i i think i'm not sure if that's actually true but i do remember they there was something about that anyways back to the article yeah Woo, driver's license cross country and anyway, i don't know but yeah i it is actually we can diverge a little bit with this because it is a good point though. Like, it's fascinating to think that like if you no, know, this actually be a good idea. We could just go to speculation territory before we move on to the next article. So we've got it. Oh up yeah, definitely. Um, like if in a scenario we do have a Fallout Seven, a Fallout New Vegas remake. Do you want to make this remake more closer to how it would be? Like with Fallout Four style gameplay, but just keep like the world and everything that very similar, kind of how Resident Evil Two from Capcom was, or would you rather go ahead and try to keep it like Resident Evil Zero, whatever that they did, where they try to make it as faithful as possible, just better visuals. Good question. Um, damn, I don't know. Um. I would be very intrigued to see it a little bit more like Fallout 4 because personally that was my first Fallout game but I did learn to um, appreciate more of New Vegas and um, 3 even because um, with Fallout 4 
you could sprint and you could go pretty damn fast. While in New Vegas, if you broke your leg, you you couldn't do much about it other than wait for it to heal and sleep it off and then get it healed, I guess. Um, at the doctors, I guess. I forgot. Um, but it's not as terrible as, like, the original Fallout. I know the original Fallout, if you play it on one of the harder difficulties, you broke a leg. You're there for hours, I think. I, I forgot, but... Anyways, I don't care. Um, uh, I mean, I'd like it to be a bit more faithful to New Vegas, because I feel like, um... They, I well, I feel like they wouldn't um, ruin it too much by keeping towards like Fallout Four with a lot more. Because I know Fallout Four had a bit more, um, it was better combat wise, and there was a lot more, um, I guess, interaction in the sense with like being able to, you know, have a lot of weapon customization and all that. Um, I feel like if New Vegas took the weapon sort of part of it and tried to make it not, like, you know, Fallout 4 where, um, there's, like, this weird Maxim machine gun for an assault rifle and stuff like that, but they, um, just made it more faithful to New Vegas in every other way, because, like, in New Vegas, the, the, the gunplay wasn't the best same with fallout 3 but at least it was doable you know it was definitely playable you know you didn't have to rely too much on vats i guess you could shoot straight but um i mean i wouldn't mind ha having better gunplay i don't know no absolutely but like i could see that be the case like if you wanted to like, now, another thing, too, is that, you know, if game remakes like Final Fantasy VII Remake especially, they went out of the way to expand the story. Yeah, that, too. They could really, with uh, the with the lack of a uh, of a, uh, anchor to them, you know, this time around, making a remake, remaster of New Vegas, um, I feel like that would... I truly feel like that, um, expanding on the, the politics of that game too, because I know that there was a lot of political diversity in that game that almost matches nowadays, but not truly. Like it, it, like there were a few things. Like I know, uh, uh, Caesar Caesar's lunch, uh, legion. I almost said luncheon. God damn it. Seizure is luncheon. Anyway, um, uh, I feel like expanding on that sort of thing uh, with the Legion and, um, maybe, like, adding much more diversity to the story, like, uh, uh, maybe if there was, like, an ending where you became House, like, you would be stuck in the immortality chamber that house is stuck to. Um, and you rule New Vegas in a sense, you know? Without needing a secure, like, actually, I don't know, you can already kind of do that already, but I hope you understand what I mean, like, 
I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah. Now, another thing I have to wonder, too, is that in this situation, who should develop the new Vegas remake? Should it be a who's currently working on Outer Worlds 2 and Avowed? And have them do it, deal with it after they're done with that, those projects, or should it be Bethesda themselves? Um, I truly want Obsidian to work on it because I feel like Bethesda, while they would not ruin it, truly I don't think they would ruin it. I think they also need to. I feel like if Bethesda were to work on it, they should work on the very early stages of it. They should work on the very early stage of stages of it, and when Obsidian is done with Outer Worlds 2 and um, their other projects... Avowed? And Avowed, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, then they can start working towards world building and making the DLCs even more expansive because I know I, I actually loved the idea of dead money is you know there are these people that are trapped in a city and if you get too close to the radios you're dead or something like that I love the idea of that and overpowering this money hungry sort of like weirdo I guess or whatever I don't know if I forgot a little bit of Dead Money, but I know that that guy was... He did it for no fucking reason, honestly. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, anyways, though. Hell yeah, Fallout New Vegas Remastered, though. I would love it. Um, but, eh. Available you know. on Game Pass. <laughs> Just kidding. Available... On Xbox Game Pass. Oh yeah, another announcement too they made for the Game Boards too is funny enough. They actually yeah. rebranded the Xbox Game Pass to PC to PC Game Pass. Really? Yeah, it's being rebranded re for PC. Interesting. So you still have Xbox Game Pass for console, and then it'll be PC Game Pass for PC gamers. Oh, okay. Wait, but aren't they just interchangeable? What's the difference? I have no idea. I don't know why they decided to do it, but we'll go with it. Um, anyways, uh, I yeah, guess let's... at this point, we can just move on to Discord stuff, I guess, because... Oh, yeah, definitely make a note about the New Vegas uh, segment. If I actually might just keep that. it in there. Okay. I think that actually makes more sense. I'll just keep it in there, just add another timestamp for it. Okay, sure. Because it actually kind of flowed pretty well, surprisingly. It's like a little nice little change of pace bonus. Yeah, definitely. And it's all because I fucking made the connection to DC and Mojave and fucking... Uh... Walking to DC and stuff like that. Ugh. Yeah. It actually worked out really well, surprisingly. So that's why I'm like, okay, we'll definitely keep it in there. Because it... yeah. it'd be weird to kind of have that... Be, it definitely would feel weird having it by itself. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, back to what we're doing here. Uh, we have to talk about how Discord is now doing premium community memberships. So pretty much what's going to happen is that now there's going to be an option for if you own your own Discord server or whatever, you can charge people money 
to, you know, have certain perks, kind of like how you would, like, Patreon or YouTube donation buttons and stuff like that. It'd be another option of monetization. Okay. In addition, Interesting. In addition to, like, boosts and stuff like that, so... Yeah, I, I truly feel like that might... Um, besides the boosts, I feel like that would... Um, I feel like this would might... Uh, having, like, a paid sort of, like, uh, membership thing, that would definitely help with uh, paying for server boosts to make sure that you can keep the features and stuff. That would... Yeah, I, I do like that. Though so I hope nobody abuses it. Right. Cause wink, I, wink. Yeah, because I know one person that we know had someone charge for the Discord server for boosts, and the next thing you know, stopped, and now he's back to level one again. Yeah, motherfucker. Anyway, I don't know. Like, but yeah, like this is uh, kind of like a more of a Patreon style membership where it's like, oh, do I get this yeah. perk or this perk or? It's not like the boost where it affects server-wide thing, like you're donating money to help strengthen the server. This is more like, what do I get for boosting the server? I was like, not boosting the server, but like, donating to the server. It's like, what do you get? Yeah, I, I think uh, this might be like a subscription thing where like, you can um get like emotes and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's I think that's how it's going to be. So, in, for instance, you can make a tier, hypothetically called God Tier, where it's like for $1,000 a month, you, you get can to eliminate somebody from the server and ban them forever. Just kidding. <laughs> Literally, just fucking like, um, like, like, fucking nuke somebody and ban them. Like, imagine some fucking creator does that, and they are literally forced to ban their own, like, <laughs> content creator pal off the fucking planet. <laughs> like, off of Discord. Like, off of their Discord server. Like, Jesus Christ, that's insane. Like, imagine um, if we had to make a... Imagine if for some reason the two of us thought it was a good idea to make a discord's here for like ten thousand dollars a month to be admin for a month <laughs> oh yeah um i uh, also know that um oh go ahead i was gonna, i was gonna say that would not end up well no that wouldn't there would be major changes um and they'd probably I'll... make a not safe safe for work server without ticking not safe for work yep and then Anyways. we would have to go in and intervene yeah um, but one thing I see, uh, there are certain Discord communities, don't ask how I know this, I just know it because, like, I've, I've seen people talk about this, but I personally haven't gone on any of them, because truly I only have, you know, my Discord, Godcast Discord, and another, a uh, few other ones, um, which, uh, hey, by the way, you can join our Discord. Yeah, link in the description. Link in the description. Woo. Yep. Hell yeah. Anyways, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Um, there are RPG servers where you can level up and play basically a game through Discord. You know what would be actually kind of hilarious is that people could use that to monetize their Discord RPG servers. 
Yeah, it's like for five dollars a month, you can get a replica game piece of your RPG character. Oh yeah, certainly. You can get a three D printed model shipped to your door. So if someone wanted to play as I don't know Billy the Hillbilly, they wanted a three D printed and they wanted a 3 printed model of that game piece of that character. They will get it for $5. Or if I could roleplay as myself and then um, get a 3D printed model of my character. <laughs> or a three, 3D printed uh, version of uh, a certain someone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyways. Or if we um, can get a 3D printed model of Two Felixes. No. <laughs> see, you see, you see the thing is, I, I, I'm literally thinking of trolling you one day and switching my switching this avatar to uh, a live two D version of uh, Felix. Um. From RE0 and just trolling you with it. <laughs> As like a little, like, segment, I guess. <laughs> I'm out famous! Oh, sorry. But yeah, it's just like... Mm. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> just imagine that. <sighs> There's a lot of cool things you can do with this, honestly. I think this would be better for the community. I think... No, it doesn't mention the split. But it seems like this is largely going just to the creators themselves, which is nice. And it'll help them. At least the admins boost the server, because I wouldn't trust almost anyone else boosting my server, to be honest with you. No, definitely not. Like, the two of us would probably just pay like $30 a month to keep the Godcast server fully boosted if we wanted to go in that direction. Yeah, and even then, what's the perks, honestly? Besides better audio quality. Better audio quality, we get vanity, custom banners, and... Oh, okay. So, there's a good amount of stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah. I would say once we become way more perfect, way more successful on the platform, then we can definitely look into that, because then we'll want to step our boundaries further. Oh yeah, definitely. Why pay for more than what people wouldn't appreciate? You know, the twenty eighty rule. You know. Yeah, exactly. However, while Discord doing something right, um, some Certain another someone isn't. Sorry, just yeah. kidding. While Discord seems to be doing something on the right track, YouTube is questionable with what they're saying because. YouTube's track record makes it seem like they don't really care as much. Yeah, when they, th through this blog, they believe that they have um, a very, uh, um, a very balanced uh, tool set for content ID, which uh, I guess <laughs> they believe they're doing well. Um, which, uh, uh, it's, you know, I guess 
Yeah. Yeah. So for reference, uh, over the last few years, YouTube has supposedly worked hard to build a suite of copyright management tools that give shit rights holders control of their copyright material on YouTube. These tools have allowed creativity to thrive while giving creators and artists the tools and resources needed to manage their content online. Today, we're releasing a new report, the Copyright Transparency Report, to shed more light on our copyright enforcement efforts on YouTube. Copyright management on YouTube today consists of blah, 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 and we worked with to match right holders with appropriate tool base on their specific needs and resources, while also continuously expanding features and making new investments. So it sounds like YouTube is now going to start being more transparent about the, how their copyright system works. That's what it sounds like, but I feel like YouTube has been more restrictive than they have been innovative. Yeah, with a lot of avenues, and that's why a lot, a lot of the stuff that we see here, we have to take with a pretty big grain of salt. Yeah, because they're saying that they believe that this is, you know, they they feel like uh, they've balanced the need of creators and rights holders. Um, and viewers, I guess, but I mean, this is great and all, but, uh, there's, um, th the thing is, is that like, uh, you've, there's, there's been a lot of questionable, you know, claims and a lot of people have spoken out about it and it's, it's a little, you know, it's a little, uh, it's a little difficult to see it in their light, I guess. Yeah. I when, feel. Yeah. Like, when, the, when, when every content creator always puts YouTube on a negative light, it makes everyone think of YouTube in a negative light. Yeah. And, and well, you know, that, you know, sometimes there are some really difficult uh, difficult uh, changes, you know. I I think uh, while you have a right to complain, you know, um, it's definitely better to not just take sides immediately. Exactly. You know? And while YouTube claims that they've helped unlock new creative economy that has paid more than $30 billion to creators and media companies over the last three years and more than $4 billion to, to the music industry, over 30% of which accompany content. That's great and all, but it makes you really question it based off what every other YouTuber and content creator has mentioned on the platform. Yeah, and then there was the, something that just happened recently. Uh, totally not Mark. He's like a he, he does anime, I don't watch him, but uh, there was a YouTuber that goes by the name of Penguins Zero, or Moist Critical, as more people know him. Uh, he shed some light on this one creator who received, I believe, over 150 copyright claims from Toei Animation. And, uh, well, we're not really going to show you you know, that sort of thing. It, it's just something we got to mention because, well, we've kind of just been saying how it's not always as it seems, you know, uh, 
there's also some questionable things that have happened, and it's not just, we're not just shilling, you know. We're just saying that, you know, there, you know, YouTube does, you know, it is fair enough for a majority of things, but there are little things that do make you question it, you know. Yeah. Well, look at look at that down here. This is the big one here. The yeah. vast majority of claims and removal requests originate from automatic detecting technology through a copyright match and Kata ID tools. This section is the big one. Let's look at this. Over 722 million claims were made through the Kata ID in the first half of 2021 representing over 99% of all copyright actions on YouTube, and over 1.6 million removal requests were made using the copy, the, the same tool in the first half of 2021. And they provide this like ring chart here. Yeah, the, the one that has, it's just a big circle of yellow with a little bit of slices of blue, purple, and reddish orange. Yeah. And then we say that's lavender, but sorry. <laughs> Go as, ahead. It, as it says here, this shirt shows unique claims or copyright removal requests made in the first half of 2021. Note that some videos may be subject to multiple claims or removal requests, such as when the individual video features more than one copyrighted asset and multiple parties share ownership and all this other stuff. But I feel like this is almost skewed in a way. Like yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very easy to see it skewed because you know transparency is a i feel that transparency is a big problem with a lot of uh a lot of companies and they do that either out of malice or out of genuinely they assume that people knew that already sort of thing yeah. you know um and they also have another section is we also measure how often creators push back against removals and content ID claims they believe are made in error. So this is another one. Yeah. As the report notes, we see low levels of disputes relative to total claims, particularly within tools that use automatic detection. In the first half of 2021, fewer than 1% of all content ID claims were disputed. As they say. Yeah. Which, so look, yeah. I mean... I feel like a lot of it is just people just like, I don't want to deal with all this bullshit, whatever. Because I feel like the mm -hmm. actual graph of this, like how many people would actually want to fight this and get a reasonable result would be more like 50 to 75%. But the yeah. problem is, it's just a lot of people just don't think they would be able to win. And thus just kind of hunker back and just let YouTube do its own thing. They don't hold YouTube accountable for trying to protect its creators. <laughs> I granted right now, we kind of are content creators on this platform. I mean, once I start getting everything else assembled, which hopefully by this week, I'll have an update video detail what everything else going on on this channel is going to be in the future of what everything else is going to look like. Yeah. Well, I have a better idea, but looking at this, it really is just shocking to see, like, 
how few people have fought back. Yeah. Or you see all these content ID claims, or it's like it's probably a lot of this is not the hard is not hardcore creators. This is probably more so people who are just don't care about revenue or whatever. They're just like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, definitely. They're like, oh, it's just content ID claim. It's just whatever. Well, um, with a lot of creators, it's not worth the hassle, like you said. But also, um, if like a, a, a lot of it can eventually boil up to a, an actual legal battle. So, you know, if, if, you know, um, and a lot of people truly don't have much time for that sort of stuff. So there's that. And the, if you dispute, I believe it's very, um, it's taken very seriously. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, um, some people, you know, believe that some companies can outright, if they, like, if they win to the dispute, can strike your channel, you know? I mean, in general, if you upload anything, they can choose either claim or strike, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's quite scary, but, yeah. and I, I assume that's why not many people um, dispute claims like that, because it's not worth the legal repercussions as well as possibly losing your channel or privileges exactly it's like in the age of social media where everyone's using co copyright content no matter what it is i feel like it is important that the copyright system of the united states gets reformed oh certainly i, I would i would truly love to see that sort of stuff so that way we do because yes yeah, so that way we do have the ability to use all this content up and yeah but as you were saying before i interrupted you what's up weren't you say something before i interrupted you uh i don't believe so all right whatever um anyways we can scroll down a little bit and they said finally in the limited cases where disputes arise Data from the report shows that the majority, over 60% of resolutions, are resolved in favor of the uploader. Which, that is still a pretty high percentage to be in favor of the claimant, if this was to be believed. Yeah. Um, apparently the claim expires. If they don't respond within 30 days of, uh, me one second, uh, if they, if they don't respond to, to copyright disputes, the claim expires apparently. Yeah. I noticed that too in the little infographic they have on the bottom right yeah. of the graph here. So apparently we could download transparency report too, if you want to take a look at the actual file, but it kind of yeah. should. It feels like it's showing that YouTube's trying to convince themselves that they want to appear as creator-friendly as possible, but the mm -hmm. systems that they have in place for their bots especially make it seem like they're anti. Yeah, I know it is really easy to see 
corporations in a bad light, you know, especially since it's quite easy for them to do so, a la Activision Blizzard. Yeah, those guys. Get their diapers. uh, Get their diapers in the trash. Thank you. That's an extreme comparison and example. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, um, you know what else is extreme? Being a fucking large company and having an outage. Actually, that's more embarrassing. Anyways. uh, Yeah, so we're going to talk about this because obviously this is a big deal because a lot of websites use Amazon website services. Yeah, and I couldn't buy my shoes. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no I, I don't care. It's it's fine. You know, it, it was out. I, I had no, like, problems, really. But, eh. Yeah, so Anyways. Get, yeah, get this. So, users were reporting a widespread outage at Amazon Web Services, bringing down websites and back-end services for organizations, including, get this, Associated Press, Disney+, and Vice. So think of it this way. I couldn't watch my shows. You couldn't watch Sorry. your freaking Avengers movie. I don't know. As I could never found out who died in Infinity War. Exactly. Just do a Google search. You'll be fine. Okay, just kidding. Anyways, the AWS status page reported that increased error rates for its management consoles on Tuesday morning. and mentioned we are experiencing API and console issues in the U.S. East 1 region. We have identified root cause and are actively working towards recovery. This issue is affecting the global console landing page, which is also hosted in US East 1. I see. So this would have affected you and probably even me. Yeah. And on top of it, too. And that when AWS went down in June, it took out Twitch, Reddit, Twitter, Hulu, HBO Max, Shopify, Holy Amazon itself. Crap. I believe we covered this one too, so that was even increased. Yeah, but I I just realized, holy shit, they actually have more foothold than you thought. Like, they could fucking like, God, that's insane. Um, it's so sad that you know Amazon Web Services died in Infinity War. Anyways, uh, so sad. sorry, that was corny. However. Amazon also claims that they also are going to try and make it easier to track these things down in the future, which. Okay. How likely is it? Who knows? Because a lot of people like to use a lot of traffic, so they would have to not only do that, find these systems easier, but you'd probably want to increase your capacity. Oh, yeah. As things get, you know, it's literally congestion and traffic, you know. Yeah, so the U.S. East 1 region of data centers is in Virginia. Yeah. So Rednecks could have probably bashed the tower. Who knows? Oh, damn that Amazon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Can't buy my chivy off of Amazon. <laughs> Can only right. buy these cruddy, uh, cruddy accessories. Gosh darn it. I want that order online, my chibit. <laughs> want that eco-friendly shit. Can't be burning up the atmosphere. I don't know. Alright, so if you look here, it says Amazon Web Services op- 
Friday published an explanation for an hours-long outage earlier this week that disrupted its retail business and third-party online services. And it says it also planned to revamp its status page. And it also mentioned an automated activity to scale capacity of one of the AWS services hosted in the main AWS network triggered an unexpected behavior from a large number of clients inside the internal network. As a result, devices connected to an internal Amazon network and AWS network became overloaded. So yeah, it okay. is pretty much a capacity issue that needs to be addressed in this one area. Definitely. I, under I understand Virginia is not the most important U.S. state, but when you have all your servers packed into Virginia, or one of the most important servers, yeah, you want to update that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We can't have a situation like in Nebraska, you know. Nah. Where there's no coverage at all. Yeah, just don't pull T-Mobile. Yeah. Like, I understand cool. T-Mobile owns Sprint now, but even then... <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah, and That's nice. Uh, well, I'm not moving to Virginia. Anyways, yeah, they also mentioned that as impact, as the impact to services during this event all stemmed from a single root cause, we opted to provide updates via a global banner on the service health dashboard, which we have since learned makes it difficult for some customers to find information about this issue. So it sounds like again they're trying. It, it feels like they are trying. Like it's Amazon. And they know that the web services make a lot of money. Like, I wouldn't question that they would try to get this iron out as soon as they can. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Amazon is... Amazon is... You know, a lot of things rely on Amazon. You know, I imagine not being able to track your Amazon order. Because it's coming through, like... Imagine if the Postal Service, like, was affected by that. My god. Because I know the Postal Service has deals with Amazon, right? Some of them. I know, like, depending on where you live, Amazon has been building up their own delivery network. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Like, where I live, we practically get all of our stuff. If we order something from Amazon, it largely just comes from the warehouse. It's, like, in the same town. Oh, okay. So, but anyways, one of the other key things that's being mentioned here too, well, besides Amazon shutting down, what if you're trying to find your government papers? Uh, what? what? Oh, shit, I fucking don't... <laughs> Get that fucking goat. So while our last two articles were from last week, stole my fucking papers. <laughs> I'm a bitch. So the fuck over here. <laughs> so that's like while you know, uh, you know, like while these articles, last few articles are from last week, our shit posting game has been very poor. Ah, 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 ah. Fucking goat. Yeah, so got my papers back. Alright, so somehow a goat entered a government office in India and was caught on video walking off with a file full of papers from inside the building. 
and this was filmed outside the I pronounced to all any of Indian viewers I ever get. Panchayat Security Office and Shropapur Kanpur. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I apologize in advance. Um, it shows an employee chasing after the goat while it holds a file of papers in its mouth. And you can literally see the goat without the watch the video. Just holding its papers in that mouth. Oh, uh, it's pronounced uh, Panchayat, uh, Secretary Office, and Shabapur, Kanpur, I think. I don't know, but all I know is that. <sighs> but, First uh, off, how hey. did you, how did you let? I understand India, you know, like a lot. If you're in India, like they let their animals, you know, be part of like the citizen life sort of thing. They allow them on the streets and whatnot. Uh, animals are abundant in in um India. They're all India is a very diverse place. Like it's very, like, it, like it's such a such an interesting place to be. But imagine you 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 work at the city hall. Okay, you see a fucking goat walking in. You go on your bathroom break. Next thing you know, you see the goat walking out the doors with some papers. And then... You go chasing after it. And now, it's on a wild goose chase across the buildings. <laughs> up the mountain. Down the hills. Past the waterfall. Straight to the, uh... Monastery. And then, back to City Hall. Mm -hmm. And then he realized this motherfucker got hawked. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Anyways, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, um, witnesses said the goat had entered the building while employees were working outside and walked off with papers from an office where documents related to village development projects are stored. Uh, Shabafer Lock Development Officer Manu Manuel Yadav said the file carried away by the GOAT only contained scrap papers and not official documents. Oh, thank God. I didn't want them to, to rewrite the blueprints. That GOAT might be jailed. I swear to God, if this was actual GOAT Simulator, you get a map of this in GOAT Simulator. This, this is literally some shit out of fucking GOAT Simulator. Just walking off with, like nuclear launch codes and then he walks off and gives it to fucking the vice president of like um uh nebraska <laughs> anyway i don't know um the employees recovered most of the papers from the animal but some have been chewed up Yadav said employees have now been instructed to remain inside the office while thinking okay so um yeah like yeah that that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, if, for instance, like, the goat actually swallowed all the papers. That would have been a nutty situation because they'd be like, uh, do we have to like, they, kill the they goat? True, 
they would truly not know because the scrap papers that were in the were in the goat's mouth. Thankfully, you could get in a in a, a sense of an idea of which uh what the the papers were. And understood they were mostly just, you know, like, uh, copies of uh, some forms or whatever. They weren't nothing big. But if, if that goat literally chewed and ate the entire thing, they wouldn't know if they were missing a document. And some poor, you know, guy could have just, um, they could have lost his uh, um, employment form or something or some sort of document that is related to a specific individual and now they have to reapply or never get a call in for what it was, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know that India in particular is, you know, obviously they practice Hindu faith and they're also really pacifist too. So it's just like, if they kill, they, I believe they also believe like the reincarnation thing. So it's like, if you kill, if you kill like an animal or something, it gets revived as something else. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I it, don't, kill the goat I, it's like it gets completely you know resurrected it's like well, that thing could have been a human at one life yeah personally for me um i don't have much experience with actual like religions from india i don't even know if i can say it's hindu religions at that point because me i don't know but um i i know that like and this is kind of a really dense sort of comparison but um the uh the uh the far cry games uh, far cry 4 takes place in like a fake version of india called karat um and it definitely feels um it definitely feels like india i feel um it at least feels like a foreign land and I know that at one point you see, um, you go to a monastery and, uh, there is a demon that, um, they satiate and they force, uh, goats to be, um, executed to, uh, satisfy the demon and prevent the demon from uh, hurting or from uh, resurrecting or something. I forgot. No, I so, if it's anything like that, uh, that could be my only um, that's my only like thing with goats, I guess, with India. So, uh, not even this goat. This goat is just a dickhead. Um, yeah, this goat wants to be a total swaghead, but anyways. Anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no, let's just go a little bit more west towards, like, uh, Egypt, because, uh, we're gonna be, uh, washing away, um, the waste of the planet by, uh, stacking washing machines in a pyramid. Yeah. And being a world record. New record! Anyway. No, it has to be this... Yeah, it has to be like the Smash announcer where it's like, a new record! Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so... For some reason, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. 
Um, a British company raised awareness of electronic recycling and broke a Guinness World Record by assembling 1,496 recycled washing machines into a gigantic pyramid. And Guinness World Record said that Curry's PC World earned the record for largest washing machine pyramid when it ranged the appliances into a pyramid measuring 40 feet and 7 inches tall. Jeez, 44 feet, that's like really like that's like a three-story building, right? I believe Almost, so. Right? And the pyramid square base composed of 256 washing machines measures 31 feet 7.5 inches on each side. Curry said the record attempt was aimed at raising awareness for uh, recycling services for electronics. But my question is this. Why would you want to reuse these machines for a pyramid? I feel that's a little contradictory. Um, it's like, yo, listen, we're going to take all these washing machines and we're going to use them once just to build this pyramid. Afterwards, uh, these resources will never be used yeah. ever again. Uh, yeah, um, and they use a lot of, like, industrial, like, cranes to stack it, and they're, like, you know, doing all that stuff. Somebody has to bring them down eventually and, like, you know, recycle the metal. So I feel like this was, like, I feel like this in the concept is good, like, building a pyramid of, um recycled washing machines you know um even though you're wasting a lot of man hours and doing something no offense more productive um because that's that's literally just done that's like four machines under 1500 washing machines and they kind of spent it on building this pyramid that will need to be taken down honestly i do i do love the concept raising awareness of recycling you know uh electronics and all that but i do agree with you that it's a little counterproductive i feel i mean they're being recycled to make a pyramid but if that isn't kind of uh, a waste of time they could they could have just been like melted into things i guess i don't know or like ripped apart but eh, that's fine. Um, that's fine by me. I mean, hey, it's a world record. Who the hell would want to have a world record of washing machines uh, being like forty-four foot feet tall? <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, the idea of the record is kind of cool, but at the same time, it just comes off of it as like this could have been used for much better things. Yeah, personally, but that's whatever. Right. Um, but I mean, <sighs> it's right. yeah, it's whatever. Um, but well, well, the, it's a well, the flaw in logic. Um. 
the uh, Department of Homeland Security warns us of a critical flaw in security with uh, a certain software. Um, little little bonus that I just threw on top of, top of you, Hydra. I'm sorry. Uh, I just saw this and I was like, "Oh, great! What is this?" Um, Link it. Yeah, this was yesterday. Uh, but uh, the vulnerability is in Java-based software known as Log4j that large organizations, including some of the world's biggest tech firms, use to configure their applications. Apple's cloud computing service, security firm Cloudflare, and one of the world's most popular games, Minecraft, are among the organizations that run log4j according to security researchers the vulnerability can offer a hacker a relatively easy way to access an organization's computer server from there an attacker devises other ways to access systems on an organization's network um it could continue for possibly weeks as they address the issue um um, and, you know, um, you know, they, they, uh, um, cybersecurity researchers interviewed by CNN said it was unclear just how many devices on the internet are exposed to the vulnerability, but IT admins around the world are on notice and preparing for a long weekend of responding to hacks. Um, Log4j is buried deep inside products and organizations. It's going to be painful to fix, Beaumont tweeted Friday. Um, said uh, Kevin Beaumont. Uh, it's basically locking the doors to your car, but then allowing anybody to show commands from Siri from outside the car to remotely drive it. Maybe like that. It's, uh, it's as secure as having automation give you a, a loophole. Um, so, well, this is a surprise to Padroid. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to kind of throw it on you, but I just saw this out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, Minecraft, Log4j... Um, anyways, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, Java is one of the major coding languages in the entire world to have many websites and applications just get hacked. Is, you know, something that is alarming. And the fact that it can be used to break into the devices and everything could spell alarm as well. Like, even mm -hmm. then, it's been mentioned in the article, too, that, like, it's, like, a difficult-to-fix thing and that it's buried deep inside many projects. Yeah. It's... Um, anything else on your end, or is that it? Um, 
Not really, except uh, there's a cream cheese shortage. Uh. Uh. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, other than that, um, this critical flaw though, it 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 kind of just shows that, um. This is a lot of things in life. If you build your life on a rocky foundation or on an unsteady foundation and you don't you know give yourself a good like start or you don't treat yourself when you start off well or you're building on an outdated software not migrating to a, a much better um you're not migrating to a, a better uh, security, I guess. You know, it's like uh, if you were to just let a house rot, eventually those walls are in the ceiling and the walls are going to come down and the elements are free to come in in any way, shape, or form. Um, very important to. It's very important to make sure everything is up to date and everything is patched because nothing is ever fully secure. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, and that's why um, we here at Godcast promote uh, NordVPN. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to fucking start off. I had, I had to end it with a joke. No, uh, we're I, not I was thinking the same thing, too. Like, we we're both making the same joke. I'm like, oh, we have this dude, typical YouTube show. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. But, uh, yeah, Lincoln, not the description, because not sponsored. This is a fucking joke. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. All right, so... Our comment dates that we have done, because no one comments on our videos or mentions something on Discord. So if you like what you see here, uh, comment down below or message on Discord, and we'll try to feature you your comments as much as we can. Certainly. Other than that, I am PyJoy of 99. And I am Fofopaka. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Fucking Bobby Kodak. <laughs>